does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. All right, it's a Wednesday. It's a hump day live from the drivehubler.com studios. It's the wake up call. KB, Andy, Mark's hanging out with us, fellas. A good morning. We had a fight yesterday. There's nothing better to get guys all riled up than a fight at football practice. We had that. I tried to tell you guys about these Eagles. I tried to tell you, and their third string running back talking junk. We got that. We got Anthony Richardson starting coming up on Thursday. Thursday, and then there's this pesky little narrative nationally. Can't who, who would trade for Jonathan Taylor? He'll be back with the Colts. Who's gonna give him a third or a fourth or whatever it may be? So, fellas, we got you for the next three hours. I'm jacked up. A good morning, KB. How are you, man? Good morning. You feeling uh, good? Feeling good. Yeah, muggy okay. as always this week. I feel like from a high school sporting event standpoint, maybe even the little kids, they're practicing early now. The, the Flipping it. Afternoon practices turning to morning practices here. So we'll continue to monitor that as we look ahead to Friday night and week two of the high school season. Are you okay, by the way? You, you looked after five kids for an hour last night. Well, yeah. How you ate a, ate a banana off the floor. Yeah, you're, uh, are you cracking well, under the pressure here? What's happening with you? The plan last night was to watch <laughs> the Florida documentary that we talked about to end the show yesterday. Which on, Mark and I did. Yeah. We did our so, homework. Finally got Rosie Bowen to bed last night as her mom was at a concert and there you go. Again, I was watching some of her, uh, <laughs> her cousins with her and Max, and all of a sudden it was like nine ten. I'm like, screw it. I don't You're even, done I, at that I, point. I don't even have the effort to like turn on the documentary. So, um, <laughs> apologies on that. And obviously, a ton of Colts we'll talk to uh, or talk about on this Wednesday morning. We will have and, and Andy, I apologize up front because my. Uh, man crush on him is well documented. But Pete Sampson from The Athletic is going to yes. join us here coming up at no! 7.30 to talk Notre Dame. I, I, I'd i like to think I don't fall into the normal Notre Dame fan bucket. It's probably easy for me to say that, but I'm not one of these people that's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. oh yeah, eternal optimist every year okay. about Notre Dame. I, I actually have some sneaky optimism about them, thanks to Sam Hartman this year. In my opinion, the best quarterback Notre Dame has had in quite some time, which probably is more indicative of the type of quarterbacks they've had, but uh, last year, Andy, i got to tell you this, your son is about to be born mm-hmm. into this earth. Uh, the first sporting event that I watched with my son, Max Bowen. Oh, here we go. Notre Dame Marshall. <laughs> okay, Notre Dame Marshall. We had the nurses. Uh, the thundering herd. Entering the room several times. Is everything okay in here? And I said, no, Marshall just picked up a third and four. Can you please leave? <laughs> So that was Get the, the hell first, out of here. It's a third and first four. First viewing experience. Now, I, I do think Marcus Freeman and beating four top 20 teams and three of those away from home and dominating Clemson. There were some nice moments in year one. So I am optimistic about what is ahead for the Irish as they get things underway this Saturday in Dublin against Navy. Uh, yesterday, my brain froze when I was trying to make my joke about Sam Hartman. And it's like, I believe he looks great in flannel. I think that's the joke I was going to. Doesn't he look like a guy yeah. that wears flannel and wears it pretty damn well? I, I would think he will attract the St. Mary, <laughs> Mary's women uh, pretty aggressively I, in I would, his one-year stay. I would imagine that's Bend. the case. So yeah. we're changing the clocks a little bit. Okay, we'll just tell 
tell people. You know, sure. as we're fooling around Peek with things. So we have like a nine-minute segment here, and we have nine seconds of Steichen yesterday talking about uh, talking about Jonathan Taylor, and that continues to be the conversation now that we have had. Okay, another day to think about it. Uh, now that odds have come out via DraftKings and other sports books about where is he going to go, and the Miami media is really picking up on it. I did see like the Dallas Cowboys sneak in there, like third favorite, which you know I don't like. I don't like any of it. So the JT stuff is very much out there, and I don't know about you, but like three, and we'll play this sound as we go here. We got three hours to do it, KB. Like there's this narrative, there is this questioning. And I understand it because of running backs and because of it's late August and because of all this other stuff. It's like, well, you know, I don't know. I think he's going to be back. I mean, uh, even our guy JMV had on. I'm blanking on the guy's name. Uh, oh, Spielberg. Guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, nah, I think he's going to. We have that sound. Oh, I think he's going to be back uh, with the team. You know, I don't think it's going to work out with a trade. And there seems to be a lot of anxiety. There seems to be a lot of apprehension uh, if Jonathan Taylor is moved or does get moved. Man, it takes just one team saying, yo, this dude is different. A team like the Cowboys who will take Wing saying, yo, we got Tony Pollard. That's all we got right now with Zeke exiting. Uh, so I don't know if your uh, thoughts have changed. I don't know, Mark, if your thoughts have changed. You've had a day to think about it. Uh, people and commentators have talked about it. Where do you stand here on this Wednesday? Are you just like yesterday? You know, I probably was a little skeptical this time yesterday about would he actually get moved. But, you know, when we had Stephen Holder on, and you know, again, I think Stephen's been all over this. And for me, Andy, I think it kind of speaks for itself for those that follow the NFL. Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter are the two in a class by themselves when it comes to breaking news. I feel like both of them, maybe not the rest of the national media, if you will, but both of them seem to side on the fence of like, no, I think there's real interest. And right. I think Especially he Holder. Yeah. could and will be moved. And again, Steven, I feel like has been on this, but for Schefter and Rappaport to both go there as well, I was kind of like, okay, I don't think they would say that just to say it. So um, obviously, you know, what meets the finances, what meets the trade value request from the Colts. I thought Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated had some very interesting um, anonymous, reaching out basically to anonymous mm-hmm. executives around the league, AFC and NFC execs, and we can go over that throughout the show and what they think a realistic trade package will be. Think kind of day two draft picks, so second and third round. That was pretty much the consensus on that. And basically, he pulled 10 or 11 of those execs, and I kind of walked away from that thinking, again, if you're unwilling to give him an extension to right. me you have right. to get return you've and been consistent that, right if that's a day two pick i don't think that's the end of the world in this situation here um obviously he was at practice yesterday we mentioned that late in the show it's the first time he's been at a colts practice in a couple of weeks and that's it the colts will not practice again in philadelphia uh, they will play tomorrow night as you mentioned andy anthony richardson will play it sounds like the eagles will not play their starters so if I have this right, Shane Steichen informs the me- so 
Basically, the fan bases in Buffalo and Philadelphia knew that Anthony Richardson was going to start before the fan base in Indianapolis knew yeah. Anthony Richardson was not going to start. Yeah. Do, I, do, I, do I have that story right? You have that story right. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, and, and we'll get into this later as we go. Um, there is, and listen, I'm with you. you got to get something, but there's a big difference between a second rounder and a third rounder or a second rounder in a three and a four or something like that. Yeah, I'm I mean, not acting like more this is saving there. your franchise. Franchise, but again, and there are people out there, and I've had back and forth with them of like, nope, you've got to hold your ground. You can't do that. You you just you just tell him he's going to sit this year. It's like you can't play the statement game. You aren't in a position as a franchise with the inexperience at quarterback like you have to play that game. You have got to get something back and see how you can wiggle your way draft wise. Continuing to support and build around Anthony Richardson, so it did sound like it was a pretty intense uh, joint practice. Yeah. And I tried I be- to tell you guys. I believe Kenneth Gainwell, yeah. the Eagles running back, said we whooped their ass. <laughs> I, I believe that's a direct quote. I think and that was. We doing safe, you know, and man, we're a team. You know, we ain't gonna let nobody come in our house and, and take over. But we you know we gonna continue to work hard each and every day. We whooped their ass up. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, now, was that in reference to the skirmishes, <laughs> fights, or... Well, and, and Nate Atkins is going to join us, who is there. I think both. At 9 o'clock from the star. And I even think in his piece, he was like, yeah, that quote could probably be a description for what the actual practice Yeah, I mean, A.J. Like. Brown was uh, running open. I mean, that's just what it is. I try to tell you guys about these Eagles. I know you know, but they got their third-string running back talking junk to you. Kelsey, one of their best, the most beloved players, body-slamming guys. It's the Eagles, baby. It's it's fun. Oh, Steichen's back. It's great. Yeah, then your players are being body-slammed. Uh, by the way, before we take the first break, let's do this, Mark. Uh, we have nine seconds of Steichen talking about JT. Do you want to hear that, KB? We have nine <laughs> seconds are you ready for yeah, this I, I i probably know what's coming but yeah okay go ahead i'll start off um i'm aware of obviously the reports with jt uh but my focus right now is on this football team these joint practicing getting these guys ready to play for uh thursday night there we go i loved how he deflected all questions there we to go chris ballard on this situation it's <laughs> yeah, like like he's gonna Shane, talk. <laughs> welcome to being the head coach of an nfl football team you are the voice yeah. in season I, I guess maybe ballard will talk like a week from today after roster cuts, after the possibly. Cuts. Yeah, I don't maybe. think it's been like an annual thing with Ballard, but potentially he could talk then. But yeah, outside of Jim Irsay climbing into a TV booth, Shane Steichen, you are the voice. So I, part of me is a little bit like, if Taylor has requested to be traded, like why is he even with the team in Philly? To, to not create more angst, perhaps? Is there why is he wearing a sweatshirt? Being like, hey, we don't want you here? I mean, it's got to be awkward, right? Again, yeah. Hey, Jonathan, come in for the running back meetings. Oh no, you know Jerry Jones is on line one. I got to take this outside. Well, his agent's doing all the work anyway. I mean, let's you know as much sure, as uh, Greg Doyle loves his agent, you know the agent's doing the majority of the work right here. No, that is that is a good point. He is Andy Sweeney. I'm Kevin Bowen. Again, this is the wake up call with KB and Andy. Uh, Pete Sampson from the Athletic. We'll talk a little Notre Dame here coming up. The bottom of the hour as they get their season underway. Week zero for college football coming up. On Saturday afternoon, Notre Dame travels to Navy. I think they actually leave tonight to go play in Dublin on Saturday afternoon. And then, as we said, Nate Atkins from the Indianapolis Star. He was one of uh, a few indie reporters in Philadelphia yesterday for their joint practice with the Eagles. So we'll hear more about that from someone boots on the ground there and continue the conversation from Jonathan Taylor and what trade value could look like to, again, Anthony Richardson 
starting tomorrow night. Amazon Prime, RTV6 here locally, or of course, our airwaves with coverage beginning. I believe that would eat into JMV show a little bit. I'm going to guess 5 o'clock, although up on the board, I don't necessarily see it. I'm going to guess 5 o'clock with an 8 o'clock kick tomorrow night for radio coverage on our airwaves. Again, it is muggy. It is hot. You don't need to remind, or I don't need to remind you of that. Certainly keep an eye on any outdoor activities you've got planned later today, especially with the kids. Good Wednesday morning to you. Thanks for tuning in. The Wake Up Call, KB and Andy, 93.5-1075, The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, check check down on this Wednesday. Congratulations to your Reds. Don't look now, but here come the Red Legs. (laughs) He's ready to go. Let's go. 4-3 winners. The Reds over the Angels tonight. They have a doubleheader today, don't they? Isn't that what's going on? A little 105 game coming your way? Mother Nature obviously postponed things on Monday in Southern California. Of course they did. Andy, I got to pause here. I noticed you didn't lead off with your Yankees. Uh, They lost 2-1. I think they only had two hits in the game. Did I see the (laughs) longest losing streak? Nine games. For the Yankees since 1982. Where was Andy Swinney in 1982? I was minus two years old. I was born in 1984. So there you go. That is wild. I mean, honestly, it's probably more of a credit to you the know Yankees. You know what? It's, fu- it's funny. Like that. It's funny. You got to be able to. You got to be able to laugh at yourself occasionally, KB. That's what I learned. You got to be able to laugh at laugh yourself. Laugh slash cry. You never laugh, know. Uh, cry, whatever it is. There's tears running down my face. Yankees uh, fans wiping their tears with hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. sad that they spend on one yeah. chicken finger. The one hundred dollar bill that they spend Brian on Cashman chicken. Yet yeah. Still, you know, still employed. Yeah. Better than the White Sox who fired everybody. Say, yeah, they got rid of everybody. Ken uh, Williams and Rick Hahn, right? Both of them gone. Legendary. Uh, David Bell after the game. Long. Road trip. Here's what he had to say. Oh, no, we just. Oh, sorry. That's okay. No, went to White Sox. Sorry. I got confused. Okay, here we go. I mean, it, it, it is. There's no question. They're all important. Um, uh, but absolutely, you know, after the off day yesterday, getting off to a good start today was was a great way to kick off the road trip. Believe Hell a yeah. Ten game road trip coming up. Uh, Indianapolis Indians ten four losers to the Iowa Cubs. So there you go, Mark. I'm sure you care about that. Hey, Indianapolis Indians are a fun team to watch. You need to take in a game. Mark is a frequent beer bat guy over there. One of yes. those big old beer oh, the bats. Beer bats. Takes the I know the beer bats. Over there. Yeah, you You're might dump right. that on your head this week with the temperatures oh over there at Victor's Field. Uh, not a lot else from a checkdown standpoint. It's the Asia Wilson. You see 53 points last night in the WNBA. That is the third time in WNBA history someone has scored over 50 in a game. And again, Colts and Eagles tomorrow night. That is an 8 o'clock kick. Just a reminder. Amazon Prime for the Thursday night slate, of course, this year. So you'll get the Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet. Is it Kaylee Hartung? Is that their sideline? I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, she she was at ESPN, then she went to CNN, and then really? she went to Amazon. Yeah, got it. I don't know why I know that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's probably some reasons <laughs> to look up her 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 bio. Uh, so that will be the broadcast crew on ABC locally here. So RTV six is going to pick up the Amazon feed. So you'll get Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, and then for our radio purposes, it's back to our normal crew in season. That is obviously Matt Taylor on the call, Rick Venturi on the color, and Lara Overton on the sideline. 
Yeah, and I'm sure you care about this. Baker Mayfield wins the job in Tampa Bay. That's yep. news coming out, and uh, your guy Will Levis signs a deal with Mayo Hellman. Let's go. So we, we can get into it some point today. We, I, I decided, after seeing that yesterday, I decided... No matter what happens, Colts and Titans, because Andy, you've informed me that Will Levis should be fortunate to be a third stringer in his NFL career. We have got to do the mayo plop that week. Okay, uh, I mean that's what like I so would just do. Picture many... just a chunky mayo sitting on the spoon, I, I, and then my, my hands are kind of oh. you know the Get YouTube audience the vinegar. can see it. Oh. Mark, do you have the sound? Oh, oh the plop, the plop yeah, sound. The sound. I'll, Andy I'll bust can hear it out. Oh. This is a couple months ago. One of the more authentic sounds you'll ever hear in radio. And this is this is one hundred percent authentic. There's been no. Audio, you know, modulation. This is no. Oh, that was a sound of again. What? Oh, you know they they say sometimes the, the shot heard around the world. That's that a is horrific. The plop that's a horrific sound. The world. I can't the believe way, you did that. By the way, on the Baker Mayfield note, we can wait a little bit later in the eight o'clock hour to get into this. That to me is another reminder of why I think Colts fans should have optimism over the over under for this season. I'll explain okay. more a little okay. bit later. I, that's a good tease. But again, Baker Mayfield officially named the starter for the Bucks. We only have a couple minutes here before we get your boy Samson on. We'll talk some Notre Dame and I obviously Atkins uh, later on in the show. We'll get to the fight. We'll get to everything. Jonathan Taylor here on the wake up call. One thing, just a couple minutes, just to tease, and I just want to, I want to throw this your way. Okay, you don't seem KB as you're not going to get overly emotional. That that's how you seem to me, knowing you for just a few days. Unless you're, a third down against, unless Marshall. it's a that's third it. down and four in the delivery room against the thundering herd that's the breaking point but if it's not that you'll roll with the punches you understand it's a business and everything else but fans are not like that and I'm not like that when it comes to a lot of this stuff so the question I I kind of have is you know you talked about what Schefter and Rappaport and we've talked about Stephen Holder locally here believing there's a market saying there's a market for Jonathan Taylor and everything else so you know that makes it seem like hey sooner rather than later He's going to be traded. That's how I feel as well, that he's eventually going to be traded. Would love to be wrong. Would love for him to come back. My question for fans as we go over the next couple hours, like, have you emotionally already separated yourself from Jonathan Taylor? No, I I don't think I have. You know, I mean, you drive by Lucas Oil, and there he is on the side of the building. I mean, he's still at Colts practice. The envision of him and Richardson in the backfield, and, you know, I... You and I were texting a little bit last night, and it's one of those things where if he did come back, as soon as he rips off a 40-yarder and he rushes for 100 yards good. and the Colts win, it's, it's all, all good. good. I mean, yeah. you know, this that- is professional sports. So, I, it to me, though, if and when that trade happens, that's when it's going to be like, wow, he is gone. Yeah. I mean, this dude just set a franchise record. Yeah, it really and, happened. And Andy, yeah. I've talked about this prior. The Colts have a pretty strong history of running backs. There's four Hall of Fame running backs that have put on a Colts uniform. And he just set a franchise record less than two years ago in an era where that position is devalued. You know, it's one thing to set a running back record in 1982. It's another thing to set it in 2021. But that's what he did. So I think that's when it'll hit me a little bit more. But I still am of the thinking, like, I'll believe it when I see it. To your point, mm-hmm. whether it's Rappaport, whether it's Schefter, whether it's Holder, I mean, they are at least saying there is real trade interest out there. Which now, there again, should be. What it exactly looks like, 
obviously I'm fascinated to see because there's a lot of layers to this. On the other side, I'm excited to talk Notre Dame football. I promise it won't be very long today. <laughs> but nonetheless, Notre Dame and Navy this Saturday, our That's annual what she said. <laughs> our annual preseason conversation. Mark's on it today. I he like is, it. He is on it. I like it. Part of me wants to laugh at that, Mark, but it's Notre Dame football. I got to lock him. Pete Sampson from The Athletic on the other side. It's a muggy Wednesday here at Indy. The wake-up call. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All with KB. <laughs> I legit, Mark, I have not seen KB this happy I, in three days. I, honestly, June 12th, Rosie, September 9th, Max. This is it. Know, fe- February 16th. You are smiling. I'm smitten right now. Ear, I'm smiling. Ear to ear. I love our next guest. He Pete is Sampson. Pete Sampson from The Athletic. Uh, when we've had Pete on before, I've <laughs> introduced him in the same way. Pete, I'm a very unap- I'm actually one of the few bigger Notre Dame basketball fans than Notre Dame football fans, but I am giddy for Saturday afternoon. I'm going to guess, Pete, that, I don't know, you might be giddy for some whiskey and some Guinness in Dublin. Is that going to be on the agenda for you? It is. It is on the agenda. Um, yeah, I fly over overnight tonight, so it uh, it's going to be a whirlwind about 72 hours over there. Um, see Notre Dame kick it off, and uh, man, it's... Uh, for how, how interesting last season was, because it was year one of Marcus Freeman, I feel like there's so much more to talk about with Notre Dame uh, because of the quarterback position this time around. Yes, and I do want to get there. Pete, I, I said this to Andy, my co-host here, in the opening segment. My son, Max, was born on September 9th last year. The first sporting event we watched together was the Marshall game. I thought to myself, is there any way we could maybe get him back into the womb for another week here? Uh, although the Stanford game a few weeks later wouldn't have been great. But there were some moments last season. You brought up Sam Hartman or the quarterback situation. It's the best I've felt about the quarterback situation in South Bend in quite some time. How far back should I go back in terms of Notre Dame fans being optimistic about what they've got at quarterback? More than 10 years. I mean, it's, it's wow. pre-Brian Kelly. Like, it, uh, I think that you could make an argument like Jimmy Clausen's junior year was sort of underrated because the team was bad. Uh, he was amazing. Um, but if you're looking for what Notre Dame hopes it's going to look like, it's going to be a little bit more like Brady Quinn where you've got a great quarterback and a, and a really, really good team to go with him. So it. um we're, we're pushing the Charlie Weiss era. Like, Brian Kelly has left the building in terms of, like, this is the best Notre Dame quarterback situation since when. Pete, I am the uh, the third wheel here. Uh, you guys are you guys are on a Notre Dame football date right now. To and be I, fair, and it's I'm kind just of a one-sided <laughs> relationship. Pete doesn't know me. I'm just infatuated <laughs> okay, with Pete's coverage. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. I didn't yeah. know that. I thought you guys no, had no. You know, Let you me m- be clear. I'm a creepy fan. Okay, yeah. you, I thought you met in a press box no, or something I, I like that. I screamed at him at a tailgate once, okay. and he, he, understandably, he just kept walking. <laughs> uh, a couple things for me, Pete, and appreciate you joining us here on this Wednesday on The Fan. Um, you know, following the ACC, and 
I used to cover the ACC quite a bit. Sam Hartman, we know the offense that he ran at Wake Forest. So I'm super uh, interested in how the Clawson offense is going to look um, or not look. So Sam Hartman, how you know how big of a difference do you think his game will look not having to wait at the line of scrimmage? Or will they uh, incorporate some of those Wake Forest things for his final season? I don't think there's going to be slow mesh the way Wake Forest ran it, but uh, you know, it's, it's like it's an RPO concept. Um, that's not going to go away, but it's going to be, I, I think, a much more quick hitting than what Wake Forest was trying to run. And I mean, like Wake Forest was trying to accommodate for personnel. They didn't have two first round picks at offensive tackle. You know, Blake Fisher from your area down there is one of them. Um, they didn't have Audric Estime, you know, a 230 pound running back um, who could just like blow by you or run over you. So it's, um, I just think the material up here is different. And like, they really maximize Sam Hartman down there, not just because of Sam Hartman, but because of what they maybe didn't have at the other position. So yeah, you'll see some RPO stuff, but it's not going to look the way that it looked at wake forest. And that it's been an adjustment for Hartman up here. But, um, I think about midway through spring practice, he kind of figured it out and it's just been, um, it's been a steady rise upward since. Yeah, Blake Fisher, the Avon product, Jack Kaiser, former Mr. Football, two critical mm-hmm. pieces to Notre Dame this season. Again, Pete Sampson from The Athletic joins us. It'll be Notre Dame and Navy this Saturday from Dublin in week zero as the Irish get their season underway. Uh, Pete, I know you're a beer guy. If I gave you Ooh. Guinness on tap free for the rest of your life, but you have to answer this question correctly, let me know where you would go. Home to Ohio State, home to USC at Clemson. The three top ten games on the schedule for Notre Dame this season. The over-under of Notre Dame wins is one and a half. Where do you go? I'm under on that one. I I think they'll get one of them. Um, I don't think they'll get two. And I think it'll be either Ohio State or USC. But I I think they will get one of those two. And if they get two, playoff bound, you would think? Uh. Probably so. Um, I mean, eleven to one. I guess let's just play out the hypothetical. They have. I know yeah. the ACC has some, you know, roadblocks, but Notre Dame has dominated the ACC since they've joined. And I say joined, obviously in quotes, since they joined that 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 conference. But do you think eleven to one would be enough? It's it, you know you're on the cut line at eleven and one because it's like Notre Dame almost went eleven and one in 2015, and I think they would have finished fifth. Um, they ended up losing to Stanford at the end of the year kind of a moot point, but, um, you know, at, at that point you're, if you're 11 and one in the current format, you've sort of left yourself up for discussion, but you, you haven't automatically played your way in. So I, I wouldn't say that are in at 11 and one, they would have a really strong case because they'd have probably a win over the big 10 champ, maybe win over the PAC 12 champ or the ACC champ, two of the three, that would be pretty impressive. Uh, KB, you don't think you don't think they're going eleven to one, do you? Uh, I, I don't know if I'm there, but <laughs> okay. I am again. And I don't. You're high on this team. I am, and I'm Pete. I'm sorry, not, I had to call him. I'm on not it. this yeah. optimistic. And, and I, I don't know, Andy. Do you care if I sneak in another one? Yeah, Pete, go ahead. Is wide out the position group that ha- I guess wide out and D line are those the two position groups that have to overachieve, if you will, for this team to be one of the final four? Because I feel pretty good about I think the other spots on the roster. And again, quarterback is one I haven't felt good about in quite some time. Yeah, it is. I would even narrow the defensive line to just defensive end. Um, okay. I, I think at defensive tackle, they're they're solid. That that's been one, maybe the most 
surprising position during training camp to me about like, oh, they actually have four guys that can play, and I thought maybe they had one and a half. So they're good there. Um, but defensive end, man, you got it's third and eight, and you got to have somebody just beats beat an offensive tackle off the edge. I'm not sure that they have a guy who can consistently do that. So that is that's a huge concern to me. Receiver, I feel like they will eventually be okay. Um, it's can they be okay by Ohio State in the fifth game of the year? Um, that's that that position is going to need some in season growth. And like they've got good material there, hasn't really flashed as much as it needed to during training camp to feel great on week one or week zero as it was. But um, I think they've got enough guys that eventually receiver will will turn it around and Sam Hartman will sort of force that issue. But to me, it's still do you have a dude? off the edge at defensive end, and I'm, I'm just not sure that they do. Pete Sampson with us from The Athletic covers Notre Dame. It's going to be a nice overnight flight, but on the other end will be uh, all the uh, all the Irish whiskey and all the Guinness that you'll want to drink. Now, you mentioned uh, you guys have talked about Clemson, and I can talk about the relationship there with Notre Dame and the ACC. Let's move Clemson out of it, Pete. Um, who else would be a tricky game, a potential stumbling block in the ACC at Notre Dame, at Louisville, Wake at the end of the year, which game worries you or should worry Notre Dame the most? You know, at NC State is the obvious one. Um, you know, third game of the year, noon uh, kickoff. So I think that, you know, maybe breaks Notre Dame's way a little bit going on to Raleigh for that one. So that's, that's tricky because I think NC State is just good. But it's sort of one of those where, like, you know NC State is good and, like, it's not a trap game if you identify it as a trap game beforehand. Right, so right. The, the two that are tricky to me, because they shouldn't be, but they probably will, is at Duke the week after Ohio State. And then, you for some reason, Notre Dame against Pittsburgh has always just been, like, this uh, nails-on-a-chalkboard game for Notre Dame. And I that one is it's in South Bend. Um, I you know, believe it's right after or right before, right after USC. Um, it just is like it's kind of one of those games where, like, on paper, like, all right, Notre Dame should win by you know thirteen points, but it's the fourth quarter and you're down three and you're wondering what the heck's going on. So it's the the Duke and Pittsburgh games are the ones that like worry me maybe a little bit more than NC State. Like if Notre Dame plays poorly at NC State, they'll lose. Um, but I think that. NC State will have their attention. I, I just wonder if Duke, um, again, the week after Ohio State, didn't go that well for Notre Dame last year. Um, those those are the games where I could see Notre Dame maybe overlooking an opponent, and like suddenly you're like, oh, wait, what's going on here? It's the fourth quarter when a dogfight. It's 28 straight ACC regular season wins for Notre Dame. Pete, we'll end with this. Obviously, Big Ten country, and I know it's a topic that you get a whole, whole lot. Um what would have to push Notre Dame into the Big Ten? My personal opinion, and educated thanks to you, I don't see it on the horizon very soon. What would have to push Notre Dame into a conference and in all likelihood the Big Ten? Uh, one of two things. It would either NBC would have to decide, you know what, we, we actually don't want to pay for Notre Dame anymore, um, which is not going to happen. That's you know, That's been going on too long. But I think the, the one that if you're Notre Dame, you're sort of keeping on the horizon here. It's like, all right, what if the Big Ten and SEC are suddenly like, you know what, we're going to do 10 conference games. Um, and then, you know, maybe they're like, why don't we just do all conference games and keep all that money ourselves? If, if Notre Dame suddenly gets frozen out of scheduling, 
that would be something that would force maybe their hand. I think financially they'll be okay because NBC will pay up um, the way that they paid up for the Big Ten. But um, I think the next thing is like, all right, what if these leagues get together and sort of like freeze Notre Dame out? I don't think that will happen because there's too much money to be made by scheduling Notre Dame. Um, and these conferences want to make as much money as possible. But um, that's kind of the thing that down the horizon you're like, all right, well, as long as they have, if they don't have scheduling inventory, can you, does independence really still work for you? And again, their new AD comes from NBC, so you would think that relationship wouldn't yeah. end anytime soon. All right, Pete, no nap when you land, right? Isn't that the biggest key for the jet lag? You got to power through. You gotta, yeah. You, a Tylenol PM on the way over and then power through when you land. Look at that. Spoken like a true veteran there. Pete, enjoy it. Uh, I love your coverage. Appreciate it, Pete. I'll stop being a fanboy, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Anytime. Pete Sampson right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Andy, when I went over to London in 2016, I made the mistake of the nap when I landed. Oh, did you? Boy, was I done for the day. Yeah. I, I mean, you were so happy there. I you mean, wanna, just, you just go to mention get you a towel. Yeah, I mean, are you, down? Uh, yeah. How are we going to be able to transition to you know? I'm going to shower during one Eagles. of these longer eight o'clock breaks <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go. Run I'm going to go gym take downstairs. a shower. I, I, I am optimistic. The quarterback thing. I mean, think about all the quarterbacks they've run out there in the last decade. I mean, none of them. You ever were like, oh, Notre Dame's got the best quarterback when they're on the field with other top 10 teams. Is it wrong to do appearance-based radio? Uh, Better-looking Brady Quinn or Sam Hartman? Mm, you got one who's question. who's got the yeah. beard, kind of the rugged flannel, like he's ready for fall at any time. And then you have, you know, you have Brady Quinn, who is the the beautiful slicked-back hair and, the, need, uh, and yeah. everything else. We might need our wives to call us <laughs> about say, that. Should we open the phone lines to our wives to <laughs> yeah. call? They can weigh in. Uh, which concert did she go to? Did you Jonas Brothers to? Oh, last that's night. it. Jonas Brothers. Jonas Brothers. She said it was outstanding uh, last Great. night. Uh, thank you to Pete Sampson. We'll have Nate Atkins coming up at 9 o'clock to talk Colts and Eagles. That joint practice. Again, some of the takeaways. And by the way, shout out to the Colts.com crew. Nate Atkins, who was there. Brett Bensley, Dave Griffiths from Fox 59 and CBS 4. They were kind of our eyes and ears yesterday with the joint session in Philly. From the sounds of it, again, Chippy, um, Zaire Franklin, and Jason Kelsey getting into it. That is a Philly native, by the way, uh, and Zaire Franklin getting into it with, obviously, uh, I would say, an Eagle icon and someone that Shane Steichen is very close to, and Jason Kelsey. Uh, other takeaways of notes, um, Shaquille Leonard did not make the trip to Philly. He is in concussion protocol. Anthony Richardson was 4 of 8 yesterday. It sounded like he was under siege, which is probably to be expected considering that tie or that defensive line group and AJ Brown and DeVonte Smith absolutely torched the Colts DB. So from the sounds of it and Nate can confirm this in an hour Andy it sounded like a team that played in the last game of the season and a team <laughs> that checked out by Halloween last year. I mean listen, I it's different than Chicago. Chicago is more in the Colts weight class last week, right? I mean, we can Sorry, agree. Mark. We can we can we can <laughs> okay. we, we can they agree that. Well, no, I mean the Bears are. I mean, going to have a better record than the Colts. You would imagine yeah, this you year, are right? But they're more in the the same stratosphere than the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I saw Steichen smiling with Sirianni. You know, Sirianni went to uh, Sirianni grew up where uh, where I grew up in Western New York for ten years. Oh, really? Yeah, I moved to Southern Indiana when I was ten years old, and it was uh, Western New York, Jamestown, New York. That's where he's from, which leaves me in a terrible. Predicament, okay? Because you know, I, I mean, I lived there for I lived there for eight years. Now he went to the high school that I would not have 
attended. He went to the the, the nicer high school. I would have went to the other high school, uh, if you will. But I mean, should I? I can't like Sirianni. I should. He lived in the same place. We probably were in like the same supermarket as each other at some point when we were like eight years old, KB. But I can't like him. He's well, a this damn Philadelphia Eagle. Good. Remember his they antics should. last year after the Eagles beat the Colts? It's all, was, yeah, it's all antics That was Sirianni. the week after, uh, obviously, Frank Reich had gotten fired. We had Sirianni on at the Combine. I, I'm actually a Sirianni fan. I, I think his emotion is real. I think it's welcomed. Um, I thought those antics were purely <laughs> Frank Reich defending a guy that right. obviously is very close to him, and then it was also an indirect middle finger at the owner's box if Jim Irsay happened to still be in there uh, at that point there. <laughs> the glorious uh, eagle that was. That just flew. That what's, what's that, that was. That What's eagle. that saved as in the, uh, in the drives? Eagle, just eagle. All caps. <laughs> Um, are you surprised at all? Because, again, I think this differs from last week. Last week, okay, the Bears aren't going to play their starters, so the Colts are going to counter not play their starters. Now, this week, it sounds like the Eagles will not play their starters tomorrow night. The Colts are playing it. Is this simply like you just need more reps? Because, again, in the preseason, we typically see fall the leader. If one team does something, the other team will do that. I guess the Colts are content with seeing Anthony Richardson against their second unit, which I'm good with. Yeah, I would like to have seen it last week. Yeah, we yelled. But I'm just sc- curious if you know the fall of the leader game. Uh, were you surprised at all that well, that wasn't played here? I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's been known that a team like the Eagles just doesn't care about the preseason, and they should not care about the preseason. I mean, they, they really shouldn't. I mean, where they are is different. It's not like, well, we got to get Jalen Hurts out there. He's got to get his reps. Like you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. They're not. They're not saying that in Philly. Different play caller. I. I, I don't know. Maybe. I'm grasping the straw. Yeah, I mean, I I just, dude, I got to be honest. You you said it in the open. And it is going to be curious uh, as we go that the one home game, the Colts don't let you see Anthony Richardson, but but the road games and against the better teams, the Buffalo Bills, who could be in the Super Bowl, that wouldn't surprise anybody. The Philadelphia Eagles, who were a quarter away from winning the Super Bowl last year, uh, not surprising. So, yeah, I don't expect the Eagles to play anyone. And we yelled and screamed around here. Uh, Everyone did, and rightfully so. And we did, you know, yeah, you got to put him in the game. You got to put Richardson in the game. He's got to get reps. He's got to get reps. He's got to get reps. Well, now he's going to get him. I, what do I you mean, think, a half into the third oh, quarter? I, I mean, I think, listen, you can do the thing. People always say this, coaches. We want him to go into halftime, then come out and get that first drive in, right? So he can uh, know what it feels like in an NFL game to go to the locker room for 10, 15 minutes, come out, and uh, be able to take over in the third quarter. I, I mean, t- yeah, I mean, to me, to me, what's going to be interesting is how Anthony Richardson looks now, right? Because controlled environment, I mean, you have to go back to the Bills game, where we were doing the thing of, well, you know, he had the interception, and uh, but he had poise after the interception and everything else. Uh, Mark, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We're trying to incorporate okay, more sound. Okay, I hate to do this. Right, well, okay. I want to I, I want to see if I can be able to play some sound, so if my mind goes somewhere, I can just hit it on my computer. Uh-huh. Uh, Anthony Richardson talked about starting this Thursday, he he in his beautiful deep voice. By the way, speaking of Anthony Richardson's voice, has anyone tried to interview the brother? 
Oh, the brother's voice. The, the brother. Is fascinating. He was at the yeah. At the draft. In, in the in this area, has anyone? Well, since little that, brother. Yeah, yeah, that needs. Is he like fourteen though? Is uh, that yeah, odd? I think he's a freshman at Westfield. <laughs> uh, I, I don't believe I've seen anything on camera with him yet. Well, is that something we should try? Is that odd? Like he'd have to be pulled Boy. out of his homeroom yeah, class. I don't know if I'm going to a school. It's yeah. like, hey, can you come on the radio? I mean, if you want to do that, Andy, let, go right okay, ahead. that I might be a project. I don't want to get put on I a list. I let the new guy handle that one. Yeah. Hey, I'm the new guy. I'm trying to score a big guest. Can we get Anthony Richardson's brother because we heard him on the. NFL Network one wow. time. What time's this lunch got break? He's got PE and health in third period and a jamboree with Noblesville and Zionsville this Saturday morning. Oh, here's Anthony Richardson starting tomorrow. Honestly, I don't really know. You know, uh, getting a start against Buffalo, you know, uh, it was a dream come true. You know, uh, first NFL experience for me. Uh, just playing, you know, uh, going out there first, it was, it was, it was great. Uh, not playing last week, you know, another experience for me. You know, uh, taught me how to be more of a leader on, on the sideline. You know, and, uh, it taught me also how to get some extra reps in before the game as well. But uh, being able to come play Thursday, you know, I'm excited. You know, to make some plays and, and hopefully get the victory with my team. And again, we'll have Nate Atkins join us here in about an hour to talk more about the takeaways from yesterday. Anthony Richardson reportedly four of eight, uh, kind of a dink and dunk day. Again, under siege a lot. It did sound like there was a moment where Derek Barnett uh, knocked the ball out of Richardson's hands on a pass rush. Richardson you know, kind of got face-to-face with Barnett. But the big fight was the Kenneth Gainwell, who... You know, I don't know, what do you call him? Second, third string running back, yeah. I guess. Oh, yeah, backup running back, yeah. Rotation. He catches a pass from Jalen Hurts. Zaire Franklin, you know, ramps up the physicality maybe a little bit more than the Eagles would have liked. And from the sound of it, it was like a rhino in the open field. Jason Kelsey <laughs> just sprinting after Zaire Franklin and absolutely blindsiding him. Franklin not happy at all about it and made that, I thought, pretty clear afterwards. For what it's worth, Jason Kelsey, who again, him and Shane Sykin, extremely close. Uh, Kelsey apologized. said it He was called a, it cheap, yeah. It was a cheap shot. Um, and, and so certainly after the actions, he did apologize for that. Um, Zaire Franklin mentioned after practice, you know, Thursday should be fun, but again, it sounds like the starters for the Eagles will not play. Are you seeing how a lot of these guys or are, are some of these teams are now backing out of the joint practices? Is that it, purely it, due to the fights? Well, or I, like- I mean, I think it's fights, but guys are banged up and everything else. It's just, it's like the NFL went from, well, preseason games, you know, some don't think preseason means anything and that's how good your team is. So it's like, well, the joint practices, right? That's what we did last week around here. Well, you know, it's okay if Anthony Richardson or anybody else doesn't play because you had two days of these hard practices with the Chicago Bears, which is like great. Uh, and now teams are, are pulling out of that. I, I just, I, I don't know. I I mean, <laughs> to get ready for an NFL season, um, they, keep, they, they keep trying to like give us stuff. This is how you get ready for an NFL season. And none of it really matters. You know, well, they just don't care. What they've handed the Colts has not worked. Nine straight losses in season openers. The One of the worst records in the month of September in the Chris Ballard era. So clearly it's not working for the Colts. A couple of notes also from yesterday's practice. And again, we'll get back into the Jonathan Taylor conversation. I thought the trade compensation... Um, bit that Anth- or that Albert Breer did yesterday was pretty interesting, pulling some AFC and NFC executives and asking them what they think proper trade value would be for Taylor. We'll touch on that coming up in a bit. Uh, but Mo Ali cox back to practice. Andy, he kind of falls into the category, and we, we do this every year ahead of roster cuts, which is coming Tuesday afternoon at 4. Who could be the surprise cut? Who's the veteran right. name that has kind of the big cap hit? The most frequent name I hear... <laughs> 
is Mo Alley Cox. Is that two years in a row, three years in a row you guys have done that? Week, well, well, at least <laughs> last year and this year? Yeah, I, I'd say it probably falls into that, okay. that sort of timeline. One of the unfortunate injury situations that I guess understandably we haven't talked about, but if you're going to label kind of a breakout cult for this year, I think a lot of people have pegged Jelani Woods, oh. a second-year tight end out of Virginia. Uh, he has been out now for, boy, it's got to be close to three weeks, if not more than three weeks, with a hamstring injury. So the tight end group pretty banged up. The Forrest Buckner, Ryan Kelly both back to practice, so good news on that front. Also, after the break, at some point in the 8 o'clock hour here, Marcus Spears of ESPN uh, went on a soliloquy yesterday to KB about how you got you to gotta do something with JT and what does it say to the locker room. And I think I disagree with him. I want to get to that as well. What does trade compensation look like for Jonathan Taylor? Some NFL execs have weighed in. We'll explain more. On the other side, it is once again muggy, steamy, whatever you want to call out. Call it. The workout is going to happen today. Strictly walking to and from the car and to and from the office. Happy hump day to you, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Here on a Wednesday. I guess the offspring's rolling through town. I actually wouldn't mind seeing that. That that's something that um, that would actually be okay. It's no Jonas Brothers, okay, or Nickelback that JMV's been talking about for the last couple days. But uh, it's something I would like to see. Wake up, call KB and Andy hanging out with you. Two more hours to go. Nate Atkins will join us coming up uh, in about an hour or so. Before we dive back into all the Jonathan Taylor stuff, uh, Fox Sports One's Craig Carden. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He reported that the Super Bowl, now this is not something, uh, and I apologize for this tease, not something that I care that much about, but people do, right? Like I'm a radio DJ here, KB, and I, I may not like a song, but I know you like the song. I know the general public likes the song. Um, the Super Bowl halftime is thinking about doing like a boy band theme. Really? Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Boys to Men, that sort of thing, uh, all coming together to do nine minutes or whatever it is at the Super Bowl. Is that something, I, I see that something you're not caring about very much. Well, not particularly. Okay, um, well, there you go. But at the end of the day, if it makes my wife have an optimistic view about watching football, I'm all for it. <laughs> Okay, so you want her to watch football with you that one day? Well, Does she watch football with you at all? When I, I turned on the Hall of Fame game a few weeks ago, her response was, oh, football's back? It's back. Yeah, I mean, next weekend's the weekend where like all the guys are like, you better get your you better get your uh, around-the-house, the honeydew list. You better get it done because the next, you know, five months or whatever. Yeah, here it is. They're considering a boy band halftime. NSYNC, I think I'm Backstreet good with Boys, 98 Degrees. Remember them? Oh, is that Nick Lachey? Yeah, that's Nick Lachey. Uh, who is he married to? Come on, come on. Was it Jessica Simpson? You're damn right it was. Uh, boys so to hot. Men, Belle Biv, uh, DeVoe. Who, wow, JMV. Yeah, how about that? be all over. Color me bad. <laughs> Man, this is <laughs> well, quite that. Go. Is the halftime show going to be two hours? I guess so. They bring out everybody for an eight-minute performance. They so, can't get Taylor Swift's like, let's throw all the 90s boy bands out there. I just will never understand the fascination with her uh, people crying when she's like, I'm doing a song. Here's the next song I'm going to do, and they don't know which one it's going to be. And then she strums the guitar or sings the first note, and they cry, and they fall to the ground and everything else. KB, I don't understand it. So Taylor Don't Swift, understand it. She is coming to Lucas Oil for three straight nights in November of 2024. Ooh. Let me throw out some other names 
to you, okay? Okay, let's that go. We'll fall into the Taylor Swift category. All right, bring them on. If you follow. Trevor Lawrence, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Kenny Pickett, Jimmy Garoppolo, C.J. Stroud. Okay. When you hear that group of quarterbacks, Lawrence, Stafford, Tannehill, Watson, Carr, Mayfield, Pickett, Garoppolo, Stroud. What do you think of? <laughs> what do I think of? Uh, I don't know. What should I think of? What Do they follow Taylor Swift on Twitter? Is that what it is? Those are the quarterbacks that will be playing inside of Lucas Oil Stadium this season against the Colts. Okay, right. One more time. Lawrence Stafford, Tannehill Watson, Carr, Mayfield, Pickett, Garoppolo, Stroud. Yeah, well, Garoppolo won't be there. He'll be injured. Are any of those quarterbacks top eight quarterbacks in the league? Maybe even top ten? No. Right? I mean, Stafford, no. Tannehill, no. Is Lawrence? Lawrence, possibly. Possibly. I started to list out what I think you would make for a top ten list in some order. Mahomes, Hurts, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers. Is Kyler Murray still a top ten quarterback? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think he is, and I'm not sure Dak Prescott is, but that's you know that's eh, just me being me. I go Dak in a, in, a, in a top ten, but I, I bring that up, Andy, to say this. I said this back in May, and now with Baker Mayfield being named the starter yesterday by the Bucks, I cannot recall a time where I've looked at the home quarterback slate for the Colts and thought, "Oh my gosh, that's the group." Like nobody, I don't know. Maybe Lawrence ascends in year three. Yeah, and he's a, a fine player. He's a good he's player. A top yeah, five he's a good player. Guy. I don't know Watson. Now that he's somewhat Watson was bad last Palmer year. Waters. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Carr, Stafford, Tannehill. They don't really do it for him. Like, I see the over under of six and a half, and we have the Jonathan Taylor soap opera clearly still alive and well. The waters are not calm at all, as as Jim Irsay was pointing out on Saturday night, but I look at that group and I'm like, damn, that's not a very intimidating group whatsoever, and it's not a group that you had last year where you had Herbert in your building, you had Hurts in your building, you had Mahomes in your building. I'm not sitting here acting like the Colts are going to win 10, 11, but I think you look at this schedule, Andy, and you compare it to other schedules around the league, it has to be one of the easier ones. So you think they can go 7 and 10? I don't... Because I would still take the under there. If you're saying I can, yeah, I mean I six can and win, a half's the over yeah, under. If so you're saying you going I, under? yeah, if you're saying I can go six and eleven and still make money, that's the way I would go. Yeah, I, obviously the best case scenario, and we laid this out earlier in the week, is certainly to win five games, whatever it is, get in the top three and draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and Anthony Richardson has shown you strides. I mean that is the best case scenario, bar none. But when you start looking at those quarterbacks again, I'm just like. Is it really that daunting? Now, the Colts have been known to make quarterbacks like that create kind of a highlight film for them, so um, we should probably point that out. But uh, again, I think it is a very less daunting schedule, if that makes sense. Uh, just not the most intimidating-looking quarterback schedule that I've seen for the Colts. Well, and, and I hate to do this, but the Colts are, are the uh, or the Saints are in the, what, the middle of the year. You're starting to get you know, into November. I mean, the chance of Derek Carr being injured there is relatively, you know, is, is there. It's relatively high. And then there's no way Jimmy Garoppolo on December the 31st is going to be the starter there. Are we You're, getting Ado O'Connell? Thousand, thousand percent you what? are. 
Let's go. Big Ten championship. And now that that game for Aiden O'Connell? A thousand percent you are. There's, I mean, there's no doubt. Come on. Jimmy Grapple. Jimmy Grapple ain't staying. As great looking as he is, that man is not staying healthy all the way to December the 31st. Brady Quinn, Sam Hartman, or Jimmy Garoppolo? Gra- Garoppolo. Not close. Did you guys talk about that? Remember he's dating the. Uh, remember he went on the one date with the uh, the porn actress. Yeah, like two I years ago. Going to resurrect his career. And well, it didn't. <laughs> Maybe that's why the shoulder issues continued to persist for him. Right. Remember every sports radio, every sports radio hack had to do something on Jimmy Garoppolo being filmed by TMZ. <laughs> well, porn star and film that could go a lot. Well, of, I could go a lot, a lot of, of different, ways. <laughs> different directions there. Fantastic. You want to dive into this Albert Breer article yeah, real quick? I find this a bit optimistic for the Colts, but okay. I, I'm curious more your your thoughts on it. All right, so you want me to read these off? Sure, okay, sure, so sure, let sure. me read, read these off. off. If you go to SI.com, Albert Breer works with uh, with them and does a, fu- does a fine job. And so I'm just going to read these off. Uh, one AFC executive said he'd ballpark it. Now, there's just a list here. You reached out to, what, about 10 of these guys? Yeah. Uh, about what may happen with Jonathan Taylor, what the response is going to be, what kind of haul that the Indianapolis Colts could like a get. a realistic trade oh, A realistic. And, you know, you know, yesterday we were talking about it. We kicked around third-rounder and all that stuff. One AFC exec, this is SI.com, said he'd ballpark it at a third and a fifth round pick. Another guy in the AFC said a third or fourth rounder. An NFC exec, okay, said consider a package carrying the value of a second or third rounder. Another NFC guy put the value at a fourth rounder with playtime triggers to make it go up to a third. I I think that's realistic. Uh, A third NFL's uh, exec said second or third rounder, but definitely less than McCaffrey. A fourth from the NFC said maybe a day two pick. That's not optimistic. A third AFC guy said a third rounder. Another NFC guy said possibly a day two pick. Uh, And a fourth AFC executive said a second rounder. Um, And then the last one, another AFC general manager pegged it at a second rounder. Listen, to me, uh, a second rounder, uh, now that's doing things to turn me on. Uh, You start talking about second rounders, mm-hmm. I can get with that. Yeah, if you're you have, doing Jimmy G and the porn uh, star. Yeah, I mean, you give yeah. me a second and a fourth, I can deal with that. The question would be, if it's a fourth, it could be a third KB. If it's a third... I, I I don't know. The, to me, the second rounder is so valuable. The third rounder is valuable, but man, a second rounder would be sweet, and you would have to take the deal. You would take the deal, and I think around here, a lot of people would would say, okay, let's see what Ballard then can do, and we would follow whoever he were to draft uh, in that second round would be a guy that would have a lot of importance to this fan base. And, and just to remind everybody, I think most of our listening audience knows this, but when you know a day two pick is thrown out there, day two now... In- in the NFL draft consists of the second and the third round. Right. So basically, when you looked at it, Andy, everything that Breer pulled, AFC exec, NFC exec, they hovered in that second and third round range. Um, and again, this is taking into consideration the financial ramifications of, sure, the Colts can eat some of Taylor's contract, mm-hmm. but you, I, I would assume, have to give him a multi-year extension. Um, When I heard that, and I know second and third rounder doesn't entice maybe a lot of the fan base and... And they might think oh, that's not great return on value and all of those things. But I'll go back to my stance on this that is not wavered throughout. If you're unwilling to extend him, you have to move him. And if you're going to get a day two pick, 
Let's be honest. Chris Ballard has had a lot of success on day two. He has had a lot of success on day two. I would do that. And then move on. And now next year in the draft, you've got your first. You've got your second. You've got an additional second. You've got a third. You know you can maneuver a little bit more and support Anthony Richardson in more premium positions. You know I was such a fan of this past year's draft for the Colts, Andy, because they took their major draft resources, and I'm talking first, second, third, those picks, and they spent them on the positions that matter the most. Right, that they you needed. Know, Richardson right. at quarterback, a cornerback in round two, a slot right wide receiver in round three, an offensive tackle in round four. They continue to draft corners throughout uh, this year's draft. They hadn't done that in past years, and that was kind of an alternate from a blueprint. Um, so, again, I am a fan of this. Um, I, I know a lot of people will probably joke, oh, Ballard will just you know, spend it on a guard or spend it <laughs> on a linebacker. But what I like about hearing those sorts of trade packages is I would assume those draft picks would also fall in that 2024 spot. And again, it's trying to help Anthony Richardson as early and as quickly as possible in this process. I don't want to lose sight of this, Andy. When all of this Taylor drama has started to simmer, for now, I mean, seemingly approaching a month at this point, very early on, and I probably have not done a good enough job of going back on this topic, but if you are letting Taylor walk, or if you are not extending him, what, what, however you want to label it, you've got to extend Michael Pittman right now. Yeah, we, you, talk, we you, talked you, about you, that yesterday. You have yeah. got to get Michael Pittman done right now. I know the number one wide receiver opinion on him and all of those things, you know, Yes, you can debate that, but you have got to make sure that Anthony Richardson is not walking into a kitchen next year that has Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, Deion Jackson, and Jelani Woods. Let me ask you this. As much as I love Jelani Woods, I've just, people don't care. I drafted Jelani Woods like what? Uh, last year he was a rookie, right? Yep. In, a, in a keeper league. Virginia. How about whoa, whoa, that? Like a so fourth, you're giving fifth, away your fifth draft rounder. Strategy oh, people this, don't care. You're people. giving away your draft strategy for a draft. <laughs> Mark, no uh, one's taking Jelani Woods in our draft. This spot, is, spot number six we're giving away today yeah. on the pop quiz. Okay, spot six in our fantasy league. See, Scotty just sent the pop quiz, so we're feeling. I, I we looked go. over. I knew a couple of those, so I'm feeling good about that. Let me ask you this: Does it need to be a a day two with something else attached? In other words, do you need to feel better? Uh, you know, if I throw in a fifth rounder, yeah. if I say a two and a five, something like that, Th- that would be nice. You know, again, look at the Christian McCaffrey trade: two, three, four, five. What do you knock off that? Do you knock off the three and the five? Is it a two and a four? You know, I think right. a lot of people would do that pretty quickly. Is it a three and a five? Um, that would be nice, but I think I've got to be realistic here. And I know I brought up Christian McCaffrey's injury history yesterday, and I think that, to me, is something that's not talked enough about. San Francisco took a pretty big risk there, considering the amount of injuries Christian McCaffrey had in the previous two years, the amount of time he missed off those injuries. Taylor has an injury, but it not, again, to the magnitude of what Christian McCaffrey had in those two previous seasons. But you also have to factor in the contractual status, the fact that he does play on third down as well. So I, I'm not I gotta be realistic, Andy. Yes, two and four, that's the thing that I kind of threw out there back three weeks ago when this first started. Would mm-hmm. that make sense? That's best case to but, me. Yeah, and I probably should live in a little bit more of a dose of reality here. But I, I, I don't know. When I when I saw Albert Breer do this exercise, I was like, oh, wow. I'm very interested to hear what the answers are. And I was surprised that outside of that one NFC exec, which said a fourth rounder 
playing time conditions to be a third rounder, which we're used to that with Carson Wentz in this market, pretty much everybody else went second and then a couple went third with the additional day three pick. Like you mentioned, to me, assuming all 10 or the majority of these 10 and 11 people are being honest, that is a decent haul when you consider the lack of interest the Colts apparently have in achieving what Jonathan Taylor wants, and then two, the complications with his contract and his injury situation. Uh, It's the wake-up call here on The Fan. You would not... I want to get to some sound here in a second. I mean, listen, we've talked about it having to be a second or third rounder. I mean, anything else... I mean, if they give you like a fifth and it's like, okay, it's going to be a fourth, but it, you know, if he has however many yards, uh, you know, however many touches, whatever it may be, whatever those conditions are, it can move up to a third. I mean, you have been consistent. I'll give you credit on this. Whether you're going to end up being right or wrong, we'll see. Um, But you've been consistent that if you're not going to sign him if you're not going to extend him you got to do something with him you got to get something back from him uh for him i should say if it's not day two and it's day three stuff or it's day three stuff that could become day two stuff is that good uh, enough yeah. it, you okay phone. Yeah, okay I, I, I don't like the but you got to get something for him though i don't want to have to whip out a trade value chart and be like well if you add a fourth a fifth and a six it equals a two it doesn't I, I, it I doesn't equal no. a two I, no. I am of the belief it's quality of picks versus quantity of of picks um, Zach mentions this, and again, I know we're getting a little bit technical with this, but it's a question I get quite frequently. Zach goes, why take a third-round pick when you could hold him and see if his value increases midseason, especially knowing you could get a third-round comp pick in 2025? Now, let's start with the comp pick part. What I don't like about waiting for that, and again, under Zach's scenario here, the Colts would keep Jonathan Taylor all year long, he'd walk in free agency, and then at best you'd get a third round comp pick back for him. I don't want to wait till 2025. I want the draft pick to be in 2024 because I want to try and address and support Anthony Richardson as early as possible with all of this. So that's why I'd want the draft pick a little bit earlier. Now, Zach brings this up, and Andy, I'll probably toss it to you here. Okay. Why take a third round pick now when you could hold him and see if his value increases mid-season? Is that something you would do? Yeah, but I mean that's the Because that's what McCaffrey Yeah, but McCaffrey was playing. And, and so we don't know if Jonathan Taylor is going to be right. playing. Is it I mean that that's what all this is based on, right? And that again, it's based that on his a health. massive curveball. I mean, it's it's based on his health. I, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, let's do this. Me and Mark are texting back and forth. Sorry. Oh, jeez. There's, there's, okay. there's two shows. Uh-huh. Go, there's two shows. There's two shows going on. Let's do this. Yeah, this relationship is going uh, Brad, early on. Brad, we're talking about you and your love for Samson earlier. The Notre Dame football. I love uh, Pete. Br- Brad Spielberg. Why is Kevin so shiny? <laughs> He's How shiny today. Off? He's like a bride. Uh, Brad Spielberg was on with JMV. He's from Pro Football Focus. He doesn't think Jonathan Taylor gets traded. And the running back market is the worst it's probably ever been in the history of the sport. We are at an inflection point, maybe, but I don't even know if we've hit rock bottom yet. But, you know, 27-year-old players like Dalvin Cook are signing one-year $7 million deals where half that money is tied to him being on the active roster. You know, he could make almost nothing uh, depending on, you know, certain circumstances. So that's the thing. I I think that them calling their bluff is my read of the situation, saying – you think we're playing hardball, you think we're being unfair, go find someone else who's going to pay you the deal you want on top of the draft picks, you know, good luck to you. I I don't think the team is out there that's willing to do that. All right, look at Miami. 
Like, what would happen if a healthy Jonathan Taylor were were traded there? It, it, is that the highest level of interest you'd think a team may have is in South Florida looking at those possible services of Jonathan Taylor? That is the only team that I've been given direct information is, is a team that is interested in this market, right? That, that has been willing to reach out and have some conversation. So, yeah, I would, I would assume it's the highest because it's the only one that I know, you know, for a fact has had a couple conversations with uh, their representation. Look, I, I think he would go to Miami and be incredible. And the Vegas odds, Andy Sweeney has oh, yes. Miami at plus 250 for Jonathan Taylor destination. Mark's Bears. Mm follow at plus 400. I told you, Mark. And then a trio of teams at plus 750. One of these teams I brought up kind of on the back end of our conversation yesterday. Um, The Ravens was... I don't think any of us brought up that team. It just seems like the Ravens are like, yeah, we got Lamar. We'll just churn and burn running backs. That's kind of their philosophy. Uh, The other two... I have, I think, pretty dominant personalities. That would be Sean Payton with the Broncos and then Jerry Jones with the Cowboys. Okay, so what do a lot of these teams, KB, have in common here? That they're really good teams. Uh, I mean, the Miami Dolphins are, I mean, the AFC East is a beast. I I couldn't agree more. Uh, AFC East arguably is the best conference in football. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, right? If Lamar is healthy, they're plus 700. I mean, you know, they have thrown out there, what, Gus Edwards? J.K. Dobbins has had major injury. yeah, Yeah, he's had major injury issues. They don't have a one. And the thing that the Dolphins can do and the Ravens can do, uh, and I even think the, the Cowboys can do and the Buffalo Bills can do is they don't need to hurry him right he can he can go there and hell if he even started on the pup list is it the end of the world for these teams that are already basically playoff teams the answer here is no on all of it so i mean jonathan taylor the probability what's gonna hurt colts fans and it may not listen you guys might not be bothered by this kb i don't know you may not be bothered by this is i think there's a high probability he is playing for a good team, for a playoff team, that when we talk about January, you're going to be flipping on the TV. You're going to be flipping on the TV. You'll have five kids running around. Okay, I'll have a kid running around at this point. Five? No, I was going to well, say. Well, that, he's going to be that babysitting. That was on a, a one-hour on okay. babysitting. <laughs> you're going to be not the norm. You're going to be watching him in a, you know in a uniform of a team that is going to be in the postseason uh, more than likely. I, that's the way. I mean, like Tampa Bay's on this list. Why would Tampa? Bay do that. You brought up Arizona. I guess I kind of feel uh, the same about Arizona, but I mean Miami, Baltimore, Denver. I think is going to be much better. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry the Buffalo Jones Bills said yesterday that you know that he feels good about the running yeah. back room. I don't think Jerry's ever shied away from showing public interest before. So I guess we'll just throw that out there. Settle down just a little bit. <laughs> I do want to go back to Zach's point though. Again, I probably haven't given it. Uh, as much attention, but could you see the Colts waiting till midseason and increase the value of Taylor? And you brought up you okay, could. his health status. What does that look like after eight games? Is there any sort of element that should be at play here, Andy, of this is a disgruntled player and this is the dominant storyline every single day. We just need to get rid of him now. Should that be at play here? Like, Anthony Richardson needs to not have all of his friends texting him about it and, like, seeing Taylor in the facility and being like, is that dude ever going to play with me? Like, 
is should that be at play here for the Colts? Well, play, you know, listen, I, I don't think it should. If you if you have, I would say no, simply because KB. If you have something that somebody wants, you want to get the most value out of it. And sometimes it's going to mean I'm I'm, I'm trying to think of like something that uh, <laughs> something that you would sell. I don't know if it'd be ho- a home. Like if you're going to sell your home, right? Huh? I'm getting ready to just put my home in the uh, in on the market. Yeah, okay, down in so Sellersburg, I might, right? Yeah, in Southern Indiana, I might be the best example. Am I going to? Because I want to get rid of this home, KB. You understand me? I need to get rid of this home. I need to get that money to put it in the home in Indianapolis. Okay, so I, I, you know, this needs to happen with some speed. But if I know, or if I think, and if the Colts think, well, I can get twenty thousand more dollars if I wait two months. Hey, if a realtor says, hey, wait a couple months, you know, I can get you 20, 25K, you know, you're going to be able to wait a couple months? And to me, the answer would be yes. I would have to be patient. I'm not a patient person, which has been difficult uh, starting a new job and everything else. Uh, but can the Colts show patience? I mean, the other thing as well, when you look at Buffalo uh, running back by committee, you look at the Dallas Cowboys that are, and don't give me the Deuce Vaughn stuff. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, he's going to be a fine player, but Tony Pollard has not been a number one back. They're very much in win now. The Dolphins have had some guys that have been banged up. I mean, the I mean, the Baltimore Ravens have lived in the injury spot, have they not? The, the yeah. last year or so, whether it's been Lamar, whether it's been their running backs, I mean, to me, if you could wait and you just saw McCaffrey do it and have success in doing it, then maybe you can. But the the hang-up here is the injury, and the hang-up here is Christian McCaffrey played last year. We went through. He's had, what, three years where he's been really injured. And so it was a gamble, but last year the guy was playing some football. Jonathan Taylor uh, waiting around for even more months. He'd be well over, what, 300-some-odd days since he would take a you know the football field, but I mean the Dol- no you you look at desperate teams. The Dolphins could be desperate. The Broncos at some point they've had injury issues there. If Tony Pollard were to go down with the with the Cowboys, uh, I I don't think it's a bad thought. I I just fans sitting around for a couple months. It's going to be a lot of angst. But if the Colts feel like I mean it's a gamble. It'd be like me selling my home. Okay, I'm going to ble- believe in my realtor that I can get twenty five thousand if I wait a couple more months. Uh, it's a gamble. It absolutely is. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying that. I don't know. Charles asked, why would Miami trade for Jonathan Taylor when they could have signed Dalvin Cook? I might be in the minority on this. I think Jonathan Taylor is a totally different player than Dalvin Cook. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is on the decline. Yeah, I think has got some it, stuff it, to deal with. If you look at yeah. yards per carry, it's slowly on the decline, and that is with Justin Jefferson attracting a whole lot of attention from him. Jonathan Taylor certainly does not have that in Indy. Shoulder injury, not to mention age difference. I think that's why Miami probably views this in a different scenario. I think the NFL, listen to the Albert Breer draft pick sort of situation here. I think teams view this as a 24-year-old running back that if we bring him here, it's a two- to three-year window, and it opens up that window a little bit more. And you mentioned some of these AFC teams. I've never seen the conference like this. And if you think you're kind of on Tier 2, and this can mm-hmm. get you higher on Tier 2 or potentially to Tier 1, that's where I think the urgency could be at play. Whereas, again, for me, Dalvin Cook, it's approaching Ezekiel Elliott. It's not quite there yet. You're a couple years away, but in yeah. terms of that player, I'm with you. but I don't I'm with you. think. And again, finances are going to be different for both of these players. But I, I do think if you're just comparing them strictly as players, Taylor much better than Cook and much younger as well. All right, uh, let's do a morning check down here on the wake up call with KB and Andy. 
The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, last night in Major League Baseball, Andy Sweeney's Yankees Two hits, baby. Is it nine straight? Is that what I'm seeing here? Nine straight. Since 1982, the longest losing streak. Good job, guys. For the New York Yankees. Uh, Other games of note. Mark, good to see your Cubs give a strong effort yesterday. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay. We can still take the series. But yeah, I don't know why they're getting so much... So much hassle from the Tigers of all teams, but eight six Tigers beat the Cubs yesterday. The Reds beat the Don't Angels. Look now, but here come the Red Legs for three. That's me they being a good person. Who is that, by the way? It's Kevin. Oh, oh, is it? Okay, Kevin's howling like during a live read. Oh, you're gonna hear that a lot here in the next month. I don't know. Month plus here down the stretch. Doubleheader for the Red Legs today. Bad news for the Cubs. Bad news for the Reds. Yeah, the Marlins win. The Diamondbacks win. The Brewers win. So uh, continues to jumble up what is a very crowded NL picture. Come Couple different, couple different headlines. Sorry, I always forget about the sounder. Uh, it's like the third. It's the third day in a row it's I okay. forgot about the it's sounder. Right. So don't. Yeah. So I uh, need to need to update that. Baker Mayfield wins the job in Tampa Bay. We talked about that. The White Sox in MLB they dumped VP Ken Williams and General Manager Rick Hahn. Williams had been there forever, uh, so they dumped both of those guys. Another horrific season for them. Twenty four seven Sports reporting as well. The ACC not enough votes to add Cal or Stanford. So. That continues to be news. And then lastly, I don't know if you guys saw this at all. Sad news out of Tennessee. Titans cornerback Caleb Farley, his father was killed in a home explosion. Did you see any of the video or photos? I just saw the headline. It was a a two, three million dollar lake home. I mean, I mean, it was in that area. It was leveled. In that I mean, Nashville area? Um, no, I, I, I don't know where it was. was I don't, it I don't believe league? it was. I, I, it had to be. I mean, it was leveled. It looked like a tornado went wow. through there. So that's terrible news. His father passing away there. So there you go. Um, one thing I'll add, it was announced yesterday that uh, we know Purdue is going to play in Maui. We'll see if that actually happens here in a couple months, but they are playing the Maui tournament. We'll see where exactly the Maui tournament is going to be. I think over the years, Maui and now the tournament in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. those two have risen. I should say the Bahamas has probably risen to the occasion as the other marquee non-conference tournament uh, for college basketball teams. Maybe the Nike thing out in Portland as well. Indiana, they're going to the Bahamas in 2024. The field looks like this. IU, Gonzaga, Arizona, Louisville, Creighton, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and the fighting Steph Curry's pretty good. of Davidson. I would assume the candy stripes will be in full force at the Bahamas, in at the Atlantis, I should say, in the Bahamas. A thirty-eight dollar pizza. <laughs> How's Louisville gonna look in twenty twenty four? Let's move on. <laughs> Bad. Not good. 12 wins, KB. How does that sound to you? That's what they deserve. By the way, am I seeing this, that Jim Harbaugh, it's a self-imposed three-game suspension by Michigan for him? Yeah, they think that's going to work, but uh, Jim Harbaugh, he's going to be, my man's going to be, listen, if he went to the NFL next year, that would not be surprising. Now, are you telling me that he doesn't have to coach against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green? To me, that sounds like the perfect time to spend the month of September golfing. Well, remember, they were going to give him a four-game suspension. But the fourth game's a Big Ten game. So, yeah, well, but, yeah, we're going to... It's Rutgers. May, it was Rutgers, I believe. We need him back for Big Ten play, <laughs> no, but... No, it's Rutgers. East Carolina, Bowling Green, and UNLV, we can you know have someone else in khakis coach us. Uh, Michigan preseason rank number All right, we'll continue some of that Colts conversation here leading up to Nate Atkins. He was in Philadelphia yesterday from what sounded like 
a rather eventful joint practice with the Eagles. He joins us at 9 o'clock. Muggy, steamy, hot. Welcome to This Week in Indianapolis. It is Wednesday here. The Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5107.5 The Fan. All right, we got... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Uh, halfway through on this Wednesday, this hump day, Nate Atkins going to join us. He was there in Philly. He was playing referee. He was, uh, would you love to be KB in the middle of uh, when uh, when there's a fight breaking out between 135 NFL players? We, we got to play that Zaire Franklin <laughs> sound here. Yeah, we can do that. Coming up. I, I do find it interesting that the two guys that were in the middle of it all, you probably called them the leader of each team. Yeah, well, yeah, well Kelsey, Kelsey for sure. Case, yeah, there's no, there's no doubt and about it. I think it. internally, I know maybe it still hasn't kind of reached the household nature, given the fact that he's not like a Pro Bowl type player. Sure. But I think Zaire Franklin is extremely respected there, and I don't think Franklin held back. And honestly, I got no issue with Zaire Franklin chirping a little bit about that situation. Have no, uh, have no issue at all. No, we love that. We love football stuff. That's that's man football stuff right there, KB. The thing I, I, I'll never understand, and we're going to get to some Marcus Spears sound here in just a second, and I thought of it when I saw Jonathan Taylor, and I swear this is not a Jonathan Taylor thing. I am 39 years old, okay? So am I the oldest guy in the room? I have no idea how old you, how old you guys are. Mark, what are you? 22. No, I'm uh, 37. <laughs> okay, so you're so you're close to me. You're what, 33, 34? Is that right, KB? Yeah, I'll be 34 in a few weeks. Okay, here. well, you forgot how old you were like two days ago. I, know, I think you kept bad. saying you were 32, and then like now you're Scotty Pippen. You're 33. What are we doing well, he here? He loves golf, and he loves Notre Dame basketball, so he is kind of like a 50-year-old man. He's the one that loves Notre Dame basketball. He's <laughs> the one. I follow that. Can we get Michael Shrewsbury on here in the next uh, couple Only months? if you keep your shirt on this Can we time? get Mike Bray on, who looks like happy hey, hour? It was time for Mike Bray to go. <laughs> He also looks like happy hour. Yes, he does. Um, Kevin was going to run to the quarterback to celebrate that Mike Bray was departing. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, Jonathan Taylor, this is a young person thing. I'm, I'm convinced of this. Jonathan Taylor wearing a hoodie yesterday. Pants, hoodie, the hood was up. Now, you may say, I know Bob Kravitz has said he's scowling, and I understand that, that he's been scowling on the sideline, but I see this all the time, and I know people, younger people wear hoodies all the time, even when it's 90 degrees, and it's got to stop. And it's a young person thing. You're looking at me confused right now. I see this all the time. Maybe he's cutting weight to help out the ankle. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure that's what he's doing. Now was it 90 in Philadelphia? No, I mean it was like 80. It's not the same, but still. 10 a.m. I, mean, I understand that more than I understand the shorts in like the dead of winter. Like, who are you trying to impress? The right. guy that's rolling around. Hey, I'm going into Kroger. I got my shorts. No, I know a guy who's Minus like my nine, sir. No, I know a guy who's like my my legs don't get cold type thing. Like, there actually is a guy that I know that says, "Oh yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just wear the shorts whenever because my legs don't get cold." I'm like, you're not impressing anybody. It's also not true. On top of it. Now, there was a lot made about the Taylor wardrobe yesterday. It was a different wardrobe choice than he had, had been wearing previously at Grand Park. I had kind of forgotten until he was at practice yesterday that, and by the way, he was still in Colts gear. I think he was actually wearing one of the Kicking the Stigma shirts. He was, um, yeah. Yesterday, Andy, was the first time he's been at a Colts practice since August 6th. Okay, I'm trying to think what I was doing August 6th. 
I mean, hell, I, I don't even think I knew you on I, I don't on, think I did, no. On August 6th. <laughs> I don't had think so. The last, Who the hell's Kevin Bowen? <laughs> he had missed the last five practices. Obviously didn't go to either preseason game so far. He went to the first eight practices of camp. Um, I, it is a bit puzzling to me of like, I mean, should he be there? Well, if he's not there, then he gets clubbed over the head with "why? Why aren't you there?" Yeah. type thing. Maybe it's more of but a like, story that the he's Colts not just there. Excuse it. I, I don't know. Maybe in the Colts' back of their mind, they're like, "He's still our guy." Let him see what's out there. Let him get a dose of reality on what's out there, and then he'll be back playing for us in Week One. Again, that date six days from today. If we hear nothing on the trade front. Six days from now, Tuesday, 4 o'clock, roster cuts. Currently on the physically unable to perform list. You have got to either bring him off that list and put him on your 53-man roster for him to play in the first four weeks. If you don't do that, then he is out at least the first four games. All right, so ESPN's first take yesterday, uh, and it's the wake-up call. It's the fan here hanging out with you. Uh, We got Nate Atkins coming up in about 20 minutes. Wanted to get to this. So Marcus Spears of ESPN. uh, Now, we cut this down a little bit because Stephen A. Smith yapped about Edger and James. Well, Taylor and and Edger and James are not the same. We don't need to get into that. By the way, Marvin Harrison at Colts practice yesterday. Yes, he was. Him and Reggie Wayne. Him and Reggie Wayne, it up. Uh, Marvin Harrison, cool looking, getting older dude. Like he's just yeah. a cool looking older dude. You, I know everyone in Indianapolis, that's the easiest take for me to have because everyone loves him. Uh, Marcus Spears yesterday, what about the locker room as Jonathan Taylor sits out there? What would they think of this entire drama? Here's Marcus Spears of ESPN. Here's my problem. With, with, with this whole situation that ended beyond what Jim Ursay said. Okay. You got 53 other guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. 52 other guys in the locker room. Yeah. And you've now subjected your whole locker room culture to saying, oh, they're going to go on without me. Right. Our best player just had that said about him. And from everything we hear, Stephen A., and you know how your foot to the ground, ear to the ground as well. And I know this as well. Them dudes love Jonathan yes, Taylor they in do. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Yes, they like, do. I'm talking and they about, should. and they should. Great dude, personality wise, and a performer. Cut for his teammate and perform mm-hmm. like to the highest level when it was in turmoil. You you say this about him publicly? Forget us. Forget us. Who gonna talk about it? Forget the fans. Your locker room is all the only thing that matters, and I think it's gonna suffer. I disagree, KB. I mean, what do you think? I just, I mean, to me, I think NFL guys know the business a little bit, and I guess I kind of feel like they know the running back business, I mean, just a little bit, and I'm not sure if the Colts, I mean, I just, I mean, the Colts have a good record, do they not? This is something you guys have talked about of extending guys. Jonathan Taylor is unlike kind of what they've done. I just, I guess I don't feel that way that the locker room's going to suffer. The locker room will suffer if the team isn't any good. If they lose a bunch of games, if there's a bunch of injuries, if Anthony Richardson doesn't work out or something like that, I guess I just don't buy that. I I think it's easy to say that, wow, the locker room's going to be a big problem. I mean, I don't think we have any evidence right now uh, through all this Jonathan Taylor stuff that it's crumbling the locker room. And if that happens, 
happens, uh, Steichen's got to do better. I mean, that's one of his jobs is to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I don't see the locker room on this big. Nope, Jonathan, you signed the contract. You play it out. Like, come on, man. I, I, I don't see that being the prevailing, overwhelming opinion in that room. I mean, you brought up the past precedent. I mean, if you're Shaquille Leonard, you've been in the same boat as Taylor and you got the extension. If you're Quentin Nelson, you've been in the same boat and you got the extension. Braden Smith, Grover Stewart, other guys. Anthony Richardson's too young to fully grasp the business of the NFL. He's like, no, he's a good player. I just want him. Yeah, so, <laughs> so is Alex Pierce. Pittman is probably going to get paid, right? And, and like, he has Richardson it. wants him for several years. So, like, I, I don't think that that would be a big, big reaction to it all. Now, if it starts to become a little bit more public and, and whatever, Taylor becomes a little bit more demonstrative, which by all accounts, um, and I know there was some you know chat maybe early on in this process. Pat McAfee, I know, had a few comments early on where you know Taylor was treating people behind the scenes in a poor manner, mm-hmm. and that certainly crosses the line for right. me. I think McAfee I would agree. has added sense that he's heard that that is no longer the case. But his teammates, and I guess what else are they going to say, but they all have been pretty glowing in like how Taylor has acted behind the scenes with it all. But I think for the most part, the player empowerment guys will be like, no, dude, you you look out for yourself. And I don't know, maybe if the Colts were coming off an 11-win season and it was Zach Martin's situation with the Cowboys, they'd feel differently. And they'd say, no, we like need you here. Like, Just sacrifice mm-hmm. a little bit for us because we've got a chance to do something Le'Veon special. Le'Veon Bell had a little bit of that. Pittsburgh yeah, needed him. They needed him badly. In, sure. a, in, a, in a different situation with that. So, again, maybe that would be a little bit different, but I don't think that is necessarily at play here. I think guys in that locker room have seen how Jonathan Taylor plays and works, and that box is checked, whereas I think we probably are a little bit more of like, we see how his agent acts. And all of a sudden, how his agent acts, and maybe you're guilty by association, but how his agent acts has all of a sudden turned into, that's our opinion of Jonathan Taylor. When, if you've listened to Jonathan Taylor's comments, there haven't been many. No, there haven't been many at all. But when he spoke in June, I thought it was a very candid, cordial airing of grievances. I, I don't think he did it in a... Terrell Owens, Drew Rosenhaus on the driveway sort of way. I thought he handled it in a pretty professional manner. Honestly, I thought he probably handled it a little bit better than maybe Kenny Moore handled it back in the spring. Now, granted, Kenny Moore eventually showed up to training camp and played, but um, I don't think the demonstrative nature is something that's been at play here. But in this day and age of social media, when you have someone as closely associated with Taylor as his agent being such a child, and continues to be. I, I think if you look at some of his likes on Twitter, it's like, dude, just stop. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, try and calm down and be a little bit professional about this situation. As Andy said, Nate Atkins was at Colts practice yesterday in Philadelphia laying eyes on Jonathan Taylor and certainly saw... What sounded like, honestly, the Colts, uh, to use a phrase from Kenneth Gainwell, got their ass kicked uh, before and after the whistle. We'll explain more on the other side, and Nate Atkins will join us coming up at 9 o'clock. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy here on a steamy Wednesday in Indy. We whooped the ass up. 
want to have a I'm long kind of disappointed. I'm kind of disappointed it even had my name. I thought there was if it like would have just said KB, it. that would have been funnier, right? <laughs> that would have been good live radio. Hey, welcome, be, Andy. And to be quite honest, I cut it down because the gap was a lot longer in the and Andy part. And I was like, well, that's mean. Why is it so long? You, like, well, you know they- what? I know why. This is, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take fault in this. I said, let's have a few that have a pause in case, uh, Mark, you want to throw in any ha-has down the line. Okay. Once, once this show gets a bank of sound, uh, you know, like the first day, Kevin said, I'm thinking about your wife, Andy, like something like oh. that, something that we could throw, we could throw in the, the little gap Did there. I say that? Yeah, you did say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right, It's the Wake Up Call with KB. Idiot. And Andy on <laughs> See, 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I found this interesting. Um, Stephen Holder just re- retweeted Omar Kelly, longtime cover of the Miami Dolphins, and Omar tweets out, the Dolphins need to apply a full court press on the Colts mm-hmm. trying to acquire tailback Jonathan Taylor. Again, I think on paper, Andy, there are reasons for the Dolphins to have legit interest. If you look at their offense, you can make the argument the one missing ingredient is that big play first and second down running back. They're not paying Tua just yet. They're in one of the best divisions in football. There seems like there's a little urgency with Mike McDaniel, which I know we're kind of still early in that tenure, but... And I don't know, maybe he's kind of a polarizing guy, and he's certainly a unique cat, so maybe that's where the opinions But they're vary. not paying their quarterback right now. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're in that situation where you got to win with Tua while you're not paying him anything. But I look at their draft picks for next year, and that's where my worry falls into this. Um, they do not have a third or a fourth rounder for next year. So they've just got the first, second, nothing until the fifth. Uh, they've got their full bevy in 2025 with that. I think they actually have an additional fifth rounder in 2025, but... That's where I am a little skeptical about the Dolphins. I think on paper, there's a lot of reasons to place them as the Vegas favorite for a Jonathan Taylor destination. But again, Andy, I want to stress, I want the draft pick in 2024. I want the extra day two pick to be as early as possible to address the support for Anthony Richardson as early as possible. Because we have not talked about this a whole lot on the show and again, I think the Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor storylines, Shaquille Leonard have been the reasons why. But at left tackle and defensive end, at left tackle, the Colts have a third-round pick going into year two. At defensive end, they have a first-round pick going into year three with unbelievably, critically vital, important seasons for the future of the franchise in Bernard Ryman and Quiddy Pay. So let's say for some reason you don't hit on both of them you might need to in next April relook at left tackle. Mm-hmm. Re- I mean, I honestly, well, I think every year you should relook at that, pass rusher. That could be the conversation with Harrison Jr. in a in a tackle next year. Yeah, Sorry so to interrupt, I, I, but yeah, I still think support at skill, support. You know, Harrison Jr. round one, all of that. Yes, that seemingly checks the box. And I know it's probably premature to be that aggressive in a stance, but I think he's shown enough in college football to have that sort of opinion on him. But I guess what I'm getting at is if you're ranking the premium positions, Andy, it's still not like you have the slam dunk answers at other spots, at wideout, at left tackle, at edge rusher, at corner. You have optimistic views. You have guys that you hope will turn into something. But again, in Ryman for year two and in pay in year three, it's huge. So that's why I look at trade return for Taylor 
give me a day two pick and make sure it's in 2024 so I can try and speed up this process as best as possible. Let me kick it your way. Uh, They don't have a third and fourth this year. The fourth they don't have because of the Chubb deal last year uh, with Bradley Chubb. And then... This uh, is the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins. And then the third rounder they don't have because of the tampering stuff. And then we know in 2025 they have the war chest, as we called it yesterday, of picks. But you don't want to wait to 2025, which I I agree with you. I can try to be a patient person, but that's not uh, that's not going to work. I don't know. To me, I mean, I, listen, that could be seen as a bad thing. It also could be seen as, okay, give us the better picks. Okay, I mean, you're in the AFC East. You're in a win-now mode. Is you, Miami that desperate to uh, where they would give them that, uh, that second? I mean, are they not? They've made two or three big-time moves. I mean, you look at it. They're running backs. You go to Jeff, you know, you go to Jeff Wilson. All these guys are guys that miss a lot of time, are they not? I mean, Mostert's a fine player, but, you know, last year he did play 16 games. But before then, 2021, 20, 18, 17, 16, go all the way back to when he joined the NFL in 2015, KB, he's missing substantial time. Is they that our a- Purdue guy? Mostert? Uh, yes, yes, he right. is the Purdue guy. Yes, he is. Purdue had that run for a while. It's like a, I don't know, seemingly close to 20 years where they had a Super Bowl winner. The Purdue football player was on a Super Bowl winner each and every year. Okay, well, there you go. Kind of random. How many can you name? <laughs> well, I, I would say a bunch of defensive linemen. I was about to Cliff say. Averill. Uh, I'm trying to think of insert my other Purdue defensive lineman there. I'm quickly hitting. Well, no, it's okay because I was scared to death looking it. at you. Like, I hope you don't no. think I'm going to start listing off all these Aiden Purdue O'Connell guys from one day. 2014. Mike Allstott going back. <laughs> um, I do want to play this Zaire Franklin sound again. Nate Atkins is going to join us here coming up. Uh, in a few minutes, Nate was at the Colts and Eagles joint practice yesterday, and my observations are purely going off Nate's observations, so I apologize for kind of speaking for him, but he will get the chance to do that here in a few minutes. Basically, what happened towards the end of practice yesterday, Jalen Hurts throws a little check down to Kenneth Gainwell, uh, running back for the Eagles. Zaire Franklin ramps up the physicality to the point where some guys weren't pleased. Jason Kelsey, a long-time, extremely accomplished center for the Eagles, the leader of that football team, takes off in a dead rhino sprint at Zaire Franklin. Jason Kelsey admits after practice a big cheap shot. He apologized for it. Uh, Mark, play that Zaire Franklin audio. This was Zaire Franklin after practice on what he witnessed in that play. Oh, right to it, huh? Uh, I mean, look, man, we was out there competing. Obviously, wanted to, you know, go against a great offense all week. Um, just trying to get better. I mean, to be honest, our practice tempo is our practice tempo. You know, that kind of happens when you joint practice against other organizations. You know, sometimes your speed ain't they speed. People get offended. That's life. So, we'll be okay. We got some good work in. We compete on Thursday. Never, never saw Kelsey coming, I guess, obviously. Yeah, you know, uh... I, uh, it's funny, you know, obviously growing up in Philly, watched him play for a long time, a lot of respect for him. Um, talked to him a little bit after we played him last year. You know, thought the OGs would at least look me in the eye before, you know, but it's all good. I'm going to get a chance to look him in the eye on Thursday, so we're going to be okay. <laughs> I love that. Well, you won't see the it. Eagles starters on oh. Thursday. I know there's a lot of people that are like, uh, you got to prove yourself before you chirp like that. I'm totally good at Zaire Franklin standing up for himself like that in a verbal manner. I think the Colts need a little bit more of an edge. 
Well, you're in sports talk radio. You're damn right, KB. We like that. That's the kind of stuff that we love. That was courtesy of Brett Bensley, Fox 59, CBS 4. Him and Dave Griffiths both on site as well. Another man who was on site in Philly yesterday, Nate Atkins from the Star. We'll get the lowdown from his boots on the ground reporting uh, here in a few. This is the wake-up call with KB and Andy, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. He looked at me. Says, "Do you want to? Uh, do you want to tease them for playing the looky right uh-huh. before we got Nate on?" And yeah. so, yes, I'm outing you as the one. Tease the tease, yes, right? So I'm not the guy that does it. But, uh, <laughs> we're hanging out. Wake up call to drivehubler.com studios. Nine o'clock hour. One more hour to go. Reminder coming up at noon. Querying company. We got to play some of his Jeff George sound. I contend, and Mark, you may agree with me. You may not that uh, he may have had a hot take. Dare we say, Jeff did? Yes, in the Indianapolis a sports scene, so uh, All right. we can dive into that as we go. But Nate Atkins was there. He follows the Colts, obviously, for the star. He joins us here on the program on the fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Nate, haven't met you in person. Great to meet you on the radio. Good morning. Where were you when the fight broke out, and what did you see yesterday in the joint practice? Yeah, good morning, and good to meet you as well, Andy. Uh, yeah, I'm here in Philly. I was there yesterday obviously and i was kind of i was up sort of elevated there up on the stands kind of between the two fields trying to watch both of them and at the point where the fight actually went down with zaire franklin uh in uh jason kelsey was when they were in this sort of full team setting so kind of all eyes on one spot and really the whole practice had been building towards something happening it was there were just these moments where it it felt like the Eagles were sort of flexing on the Colts because Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because they felt like it was their, their turf or if it was like they were, I think part of it was they were just frankly pounding the Colts in most settings and kind of wanting to talk about it. Like there were these moments where uh, there was a moment where Mo Cox got cut down really hard in the end zone and, you know, that's his first practice back, but, you know, he just kind of got up, didn't didn't react to it. Colts are doing a good job not reacting to it. There's a moment where uh, the Eagles receiver flexed on Ronnie Harrison right in his face, and, you know, he didn't do anything about it. There's a moment where uh, kind of on the edge of the whistle, uh, Derek Barnett stripped the ball out of Anthony Richardson's hands, and uh, Bernard Ryman kind of ran after him and just shoved a little bit to let him know, like, you're not going to clown on my quarterback, but, that got broken up quickly. So I kept feeling like there were these moments where the the, the Colts just weren't going to react to it and the Eagles were just going to keep doing it. And then what I noticed was, uh, you know, Zaire Franklin was the one guy that was, he was really laying the wood on uh, running backs out of the backfield in that team setting. And, and literally the play before, he cracks one and I turned to, you know, one of my friends who covers the Eagles and I said, I think a fight's about to go down. <laughs> and the very next play was when, uh, Jalen Hurts throws a dump off to Kenneth Gainwell. He sort of ran outside, and he cut back in. He cut right into Zaire. Zaire was ready for him and just really cracked him down. And that's when Jason Kelsey from the backside just just storms in there. And Zaire Franklin's not looking at him, so he 
Jason Kelsey just ended up full on running him over and kind of toppling him to the ground. And that's when basically 150 players all kind of converged in the middle there. And uh, this was like an hour and a half into practice, and the coaches just realized like we got to end it right now. But it was it was just one of those things that was sort of inching closer and closer to that throughout the throughout the day. Get Nate Atkins boots on the ground in Philly. He was at the joint session yesterday, and he's sharing some insight with us now. He's got some observations up on Indy Star's website. Encourage you to check that out. Nate, is it fair to say, and maybe this is more of the politically correct way from Kenneth Gainwell, we've played that audio earlier of we whooped their ass, and that is a direct quote from Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, Would you say the politically correct way to describe yesterday's practice would be varsity versus JV? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it so we don't get too much in trouble. Uh, But yeah, it was... It was, you know, there were moments when, like I said, they were running the two uh, side-by-side practices. It was a good look for us because they were running directly, vertically at us. And I'm tracking it with these Eagles guys, I know. We noticed at one point, like, it looked like they were running the exact same offense with completely different rosters. You know, at one point, you know, the Eagles have five pro bowlers on their roster. And the Colts, at moments, had one, uh, depending on whether Ryan Kelly was in there or Danny Pincher was in there. They had, you know, they have Quentin Nelson, obviously, but Jonathan Taylor was standing off to the side. And it, it felt that way kind of the entire time. The Colts offense never reached the end zone. I don't know that they really came close at all. Uh, the Eagles offense kind of went up and down through the air, actually. Uh, really, Devontae Smith really had a day on, on Daryl Baker Jr. And really, the Colts just couldn't even really run plays very much because of just how much pressure was immediately in their face. They didn't have Wolf Fries out there and Danny Pinter rotating in with Ryan Kelly. And so you had Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter just blowing up play after play after play and Anthony Richardson running for his life. So it felt like they were lucky that they had the non-contact jersey on Richardson, that the plays were getting whistled dead. And luckily nothing ever, you know, nobody took any shots on Anthony. But, uh, you know, I expected it to be, you know, somewhat of a mismatch because these teams are just in different places. One of these teams just extended a quarterback at a you know a near record level, uh, coming off a Super Bowl appearance. The other one has a rookie quarterback and a first year head coach. But uh, it was it was still really really jarring to see that kind of a mismatch. Uh, I, it's it's been a long time since I've seen that disparity on an NFL field. Again, Nate Atkins is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. He will be in Philly tomorrow night for the preseason finale and again was there yesterday watching the joint session. It sounded like from a uh, protection standpoint, there were certainly some issues in front of Anthony Richardson. I guess as much as you can, how would you evaluate Richardson individually? I thought in the Bears practices, you know, it certainly had some moments, but a lot of like check down moments, and, and obviously penalties were a big issue with the offense around him. So, how did he look against a far better defense? It was kind of similar to that second day against the Bears because of the pressure. I give Anthony a lot of credit because he was. He was really competing out there, and I felt like of all players who could have made an excuse when you talked to him, you know, he didn't want to do that at all. He just talked about how much this showed how far he has to go to reach the levels that Jalen Hurts is at and, and the levels the Eagles offense is at and how he thought about hey, how he's got to protect the ball a little bit better on that strip play. Uh, you know, as far as the actual performance, it it wasn't great, and it's, it's kind of hard to imagine it would be under this situation. It, he felt like he was either pressured all the time, so often he would scramble out to the sideline for only a, a couple yards or 
up the middle for a couple yards. Didn't really get any big runs or something that looked like it would be a big run if they didn't whistle it dead. Um, throwing the ball, I thought he had a couple nice throws across the middle. He had Michael Pittman uh, kind of on a deep dig uh, to beat Darius Slay, and he beat you know he had a nice throw to Josh Downs across the middle. So a couple of those when he would just really quickly set and, and throw across the middle were good, but most of the plays were when, when he did have time to throw. I had him at four of eight. Most of the plays were these sort of uh, either deep outs or these crossers outside the numbers, and those have always been the hardest throw, I think, for Anthony as these guys moving east-west outside the numbers. And it was that way again. He just, just would miss these guys uh, either. you know. And then when he would catch it, it would be ball placement wasn't perfect. So it's all the stuff that he's been working through this summer, stuff I think that they're going to have to live with to a certain degree. Uh, but there were moments there that I, I also think he's impacted by the fact that he just felt rushed. I just thought he kind of didn't take his time to e- execute some of those throws because it's almost like every time he dropped back, he's just wondering – uh, when is Jalen Carter or, or Jordan Davis going to be in my face? Yeah, it's not fair the Eagles get Jalen Carter. That's an entirely uh, different gripe that we can get to. Nate Atkins from the start. It's a wake-up call here, hanging out with you on the fan until 10 o'clock. Uh, where, I mean, if anywhere, uh, where did the Colts hold up yesterday in the practice with the Eagles? So there were some positives. I liked how the wide receivers got after it. I had a clip I put out there of Alec Pierce just toasting uh, James Bradbury on a on a one on one ball. Uh, you know, I thought each of the each of the three starting receivers kind of did the thing they're supposed to do. So Alec Pierce won with deep speed. Michael Pittman won with physicality and contested catch, beating Darius Slay, who's a wonderful corner. And then Josh Downs was getting open. You know, immediately we didn't see a lot of production out of that because of everything going on up front. But I thought those guys all kind of kind of showed how they can fit together. And then really the biggest positive I thought was the return of DeForest Buckner um, was right back out there in team settings at, you know, next to Grover Stewart in the middle and just messing everything up. Honestly, Dyer Franklin said that's why partly why he felt, you know, the, the confidence to trash talk as much as he knew Buckner was going to blow up one of out, of out of every three plays. And that's how he looked. It looked like the two of them in the middle and then in those, with Zaire behind them, like they pretty well shut down a rushing offense that the Eagles have. They did lose Miles Sanders, but they led the league in rushing last year really by a lot. And so that I think you, you can feel really good about is, is when Buckner's out there. This team should be able to stop and run really, really well. Um, obviously, all that kind of stuff got overshadowed a little bit by, by everything else. But um, and honestly, I think I, I know Kevin was talking about this before I came on, but Zaire Franklin, I thought, you know, I, I do think this team needed an edge, especially in this practice. They were really getting pushed around. They were getting flexed on. They didn't have Shaquille Leonard out there. He didn't travel with the team because of concussion protocol. They needed someone to step up and say, kind of knock it off. And it's not something that their rookie quarterback was quite willing to risk or do. They don't want him in those situations. So someone was going to have to do it, and Zaire Franklin decided to do it. And I thought the hit he put on Kenneth Gainwell – I mean, it was a little more than, than normal you'd see in these. It's more than you would do to your own teammate. But it was not an illegal hit. It was, it was a moment of the, the most competitive moment in practice. And Jason Kelsey even admitted when he came and talked to us later that he was the one who way overreacted. Um, I think he really, in hindsight, thought he should have just sort of 
got in his face and, and talked about protecting. But you know what he did was a, a, a far you know bigger cheap shot. So really, I thought the way Zaire handled it and in the way he talked about it after about just sort of stepping up for the the intensity and the work they need to get done. Now I thought he showed a lot of leadership too. Even even though I don't know if. And everyone from afar understands it quite that way, but I actually was pretty impressed. Nate, I want to shift gears a little bit. Again, Nate Atkins from the Stars with us here. Him and Joel A. Erickson do a tremendous job covering the Colts for the Star. Uh, You wrote a few weeks ago a a deep dive on the Jonathan Taylor situation. Uh, I think the title is Jonathan Taylor and the Colts once had a perfect marriage, so how did it get this bad? I thought it was a terrific read at the time, and and I don't know if we've had the chance to talk with you since. I find it very relevant still today, obviously. But when you did research for that story, was there anything that you found that maybe you had forgotten about that you find especially relevant to where things sit right now as the Colts are granting him permission to seek out a trade? Yeah, I think some of the, the, the biggest things that stood out to me looking back and just piecing it together were, uh, number one, just how how much Jonathan Taylor's body has sort of been sort of a point of contention here or a point of confusion at times between the two sides where – they both realize it has vast potential, obviously, but they have just different investment levels in keeping it healthy, different plans and how to keep it healthy. You know, there's a moment last season, uh, so Jonathan Taylor has a high ankle sprain in week four, misses a game against the Broncos just like four days later, which everyone knew was probably going to happen. But then the next Sunday, you know, he decided that he wasn't ready when the doctors thought he was ready against the Jaguars. And that was sort of the the early seed and how this is going to going to play out. And it wasn't, I don't bring that up to say that like either side was wrong. I think, you know, this just gets hard sometimes when a player is looking out for how personal this is to him and his family and that he cannot afford the type of, you know, really serious injury that sets him back. Whereas the team is going to go through a lot of those and, you know, and they, they'll do what they have to do sometimes because they have to try to win. And I think that set up sort of, the distance that we had between Jonathan Taylor and Jim Mercy on the bus were for one guy, this is business. And for one guy, this is personal. And they could never see quite through those, even though you have a situation where they're both absolutely obsessed with the kind of central issue, which is the ankle and the body. And even though they came together for a surgery in January and both signed off on it, you know, they're at a point where they never really gained the trust back after last season. Uh, you know, so that that always really stood out to me. And then the other thing that, that I just kept coming back to is it felt like the real shift between the two of them happened in a way neither of them planned on, but I think it happened when they drafted Anthony Richardson, is that that was the first moment where they went from seeing Jonathan Taylor as the superhero of this offense to hoping that someone else could come and be that. And I think Jonathan saw this as, you know, just a positive, bringing in you know, the most athletic quarterback prospect and what he could do for him and what Anthony could do for him. And he was one of the first players to text him uh, upon drafting, and Anthony was excited. But from the Colts' perspective, it was almost like a little bit like Jim Irsay got distracted by a new toy, is that Anthony comes in and reminds him of, you know, the type of abilities he once had in Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. And, you know, he's all of a sudden, the weekend of that draft, comparing him to a superhero which is the phrase that they once used for Jonathan Taylor. And all of a sudden, every single thing they did was they, they cared more about, you know, teaching Anthony how to do a five-step drop out of the shotgun 
than talking contracts with really any player. Jonathan just sort of got lumped into every player who isn't Anthony Richardson all of a sudden is not the priority, and the timelines just started to really shift because Jonathan, of course, you know, he just got married in March, and he was expecting that this would be his summer of really figuring this out in the long term, and the Colts were not even close to that because they were infatuated with building Anthony and then also understanding what kind of timeline does this 21-year-old quarterback put us on? Are we close enough to need to sign a running back? Is that is that really the place we're in, or should we just sort of slow play this out for a couple of years? And that sort of completely different timeline, I think, just kind of added to the distance of the two when, you know, when they finally met on the bus. Nate Atkins with us here on The Fan. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It's a fancy way for me to ask you what do you think happens, but percentage chance he gets traded here before the season? Uh, I do think there's a decent chance that happens. I don't see it coming the way that uh, the Colts have put out there right now uh, through ESPN and, and Fox 59 where they're, they're asking for a first-round pick. That, to me, feels more like you know just setting the bar high and then negotiate it down from there. Uh, I just don't see a team doing that for a, a player who hasn't practiced, who's also running back in this market. But there does come a point where you know there's a deadline next week uh, where they have to decide on if Jonathan Taylor is going to stay on the pup list or come off of it. If he stays on it, he's got to miss four games. And if you get into that spot, all of a sudden you have a world where maybe Jonathan Taylor, and I don't know what his thought process is, but if he's going to miss four games, you know, he might just, you could get into a risky spot where he could miss up to eight games and still come back and count this as a season. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, what's what was the value of any of that? If it can get some value in a trade, if it, if it just becomes, you know, like the thing I keep going back to is that I think the Colts have been fine enough with him not practicing all this while because there's not been anything really tangentially lost. You know, right. Of course, you want to build some things, but there's been no games to lose yet. It's completely different once the season gets here. And you know, there's people like us on the outside who maybe don't think this team is, you know, necessarily playing for something huge this year. That is just not the way that veterans on that team are going to think. It's not the way they can think. So if they get to a spot where they're having any games where, you know, you come up a score short, which happens all the time in this league, even with teams that aren't very good, and you start thinking about what if we had number 28? What if we had an all-pro running back? Why is he not out there? It just becomes a lot to put on you know, at the feet of a first-year head coach and a 21-year-old rookie quarterback and you have to wonder kind of what what's the value of going through that. So I think the closer we get to uh, next Tuesday and then certainly September 10th, I think that's the window where if they're going to make a trade, it would happen then. All right, Nate, last one from me. You brought up roster cuts six days away. I think this time of year everyone's like, all right, you know, what's the big name? Who's the big name on the bubble? You know, who's a veteran who could get cut? I'll ask you this. Let's say that on a 1-10 to scale, Quentin Nelson is a 10 as a roster lock and backup kicker Lucas Havrasik (laughs) is a 1. Where would you put Mo Alley-Cox on that 1-10 to lock scale? <laughs> yeah, I think unfortunately for Mo, I think you'd put him lower uh than average, probably maybe a four. Really? Um, that low? Hmm. Well, it's just been a tough situation. This may turn in the you know, if he does things uh, if he plays on Thursday, I don't know that he even will because he's had one practice in weeks now. It's just a tough spot to be in. What helps him is that no one's really like gone out and completely taken that job. I thought the the biggest way where 
he would actually get edged out would be if Drew Ogletree had kind of continued progress and shown enough of the blocking to uh, make them think more about just just rolling with him. Yeah, everybody's a, banged up in that room. Everybody's guy. too young. Everyone's banged up, and that's the thing. If, if Jelani Woods isn't back yet, I mean, yeah, they're going to keep Moali Cox. So it just really depends on where we are and about uh, health wise in a few days. I would like, I would think, with the amount of time that Jelani Woods has missed for a hamstring injury that. They aren't looking at as longer term than, than the preseason, uh, but what I think Mo Ali Cox is up against is just that, just just the cost savings of him versus Farrell Brown, and it may be just one practice easing Mo Ali back in. But Farrell Brown took almost all the first team snaps yesterday, and actually I thought had the best practice I've seen from him yet. Uh, you know, and Mo Mo's trying to catch back up to that, so. Uh, it's hard to say. Mo's a beloved teammate, and and they do value some level of, of veteran poise in there. So, um, you know, Farrell Brown has has not had the best camp overall. Uh, so, so maybe Mo's more of an average five or so, but. I, I don't think it's super high. All right, Nate, last one for me. I have a statement. I have a question. Uh, or I'm going to praise you. Uh, you pull off the Oakleys, the Oakley look in your video on the star. You pull that off well. I'm not sure I could do that. KB, do you think you could do that? Not a big the, sunglasses guy. The, you're not a sunglasses guy. Nah, I just fight my eyes yeah. naturally. <laughs> your eyes don't get bothered. So that's number one. The Oakleys were glistening there uh, in Philadelphia. Tell me about that animal dung I saw last week Why I thought that was grass clippings, but... That's oh, for another goodness. conversation. Yeah, that we can get into that in the 9.30 segment. Uh, so, yes, the Oakleys were glistening in it when I was watching that. And number two, I guess, just to get ready for Thursday, how much do you think Richardson will play? Are we talking a half? Does he come out of halftime and play that first possession in the second half in the third quarter? What do you think? I'm glad the Oakleys weren't an absolutely terrible look. I had to do something <laughs> after I got LASIK surgery, and there was no way I was going to wear the glasses they gave me. Let me tell you what. So, uh, okay. That wasn't too, too bad. Um, That's been life-changing uh, surgery, has it not, Nate? You can see everything. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this year I'll actually have good takes, and I won't yeah. play the culture for 12 and 5, <laughs> uh, like I did last year. Uh, but <laughs> that was rough on my part. Uh, but, yeah, Anthony, you know, I he is going to play on Thursday, and I think, you know, the last time when they did play, the, the few stars they played against the Bears – was, it was supposed to be a quarter, and it was just about kind of when that drive, the last drive of the first quarter ends. I think that's probably what they'll do here. Uh, kind of depends, I guess, if they feel like they're they're getting enough of the looks where they can give him legitimate reps. Like one of the things I've just noticed between yesterday and the Bears practice the last two days with Anthony is that, like, like we've talked about, he's not been able to drop back and have the time to really – get these passes off, which is the main thing they're trying to do is build the muscle memory and the technique and the fundamentals of dropback passing on some of the throws that are hard for him. So if they can get that environment, uh, then I, then maybe they'll let it roll a little bit more into the second quarter. And that'll just obviously come down to the offensive line. I, I don't know if the Eagles are going to play many of their starters. So when you drop off from Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis to the backups, that helps. Of course, what also happens is, the red note contact jersey comes off. So now there is a risk of him getting hit, which I think led to why they didn't want to play him against the Bears. So it's all these stuff, all the stuff that's going on. I think it's, we're going to really have a feel for it based on how the first drive or two goes. If he's able to get legitimate reps, then I think they'll keep him in. If it's more one of those situations where it feels like he's running for his life, I think they may 
pull the plug quickly, but I would put it at about, I'd put the over under at about a quarter. And again, sounds like good amount of cold starters will play. Eagles, though, might be the opposite. Uh, any Eagles recommendations? Toss them at Nate Atkins underscores way on Twitter. Nate, great stuff. Boots on the ground. Really appreciate you making time for us on this Wednesday morning and uh, enjoy the rest of your stay in Philly. I will do. I got to find a cheesesteak for tonight, but I will get after it. Boom. <laughs> Thanks, Pat, guys. Pat and Gino's, right? Yeah, that's next on the list. Ooh, next. I like that. Thanks, Nate. Yep. Now, you, I assume, are not uh, a, a Philly. No, I, listen, I just hate the Eagles. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so them roughing you... up the Colts, I tried to tell you this is exactly what was going to happen. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Okay, so if he plays a quarter, I mean, you roughly had him a quarter in Buffalo. You're two quarters <laughs> in the preseason. I kind of feel like I need to see a little bit more against the twos of, of uh, Anthony Richardson tomorrow, and I'm not going to get it. You know, it, it's a great point that you bring up i'm trying to think back to the questions leading into the first preseason game i think what i was saying to some of our guests and and, you know to jake and i as well of okay there's 12 quarters in the preseason Mm -hmm. i set the over under of anthony richard playing can i guess can i guess yeah Anderson playing time four and a half five and a half four and a half let me go four and a half you're a smart fella you're damn right, and why do you think Were you I'm valedictorian at Freed? <laughs> what was it, Freed Hoffman? Je- Je- Jeffersonville High School. <laughs> Jeffersonville High School. I was going to give you valedictorian no, no, college. No, too. no, I wasn't. I was not. I took, but I did take communicate. I took TV classes, so I didn't have to take trigonometry. So uh, <laughs> my grades do look better. That's what I was. Was it four with. and a half? Okay. And I mean, right now we obviously are not going to sniff that. He's not playing three and a half quarters on no. on Thursday night. So uh, yeah, I am a little surprised that they have not. Played him more. I've agreed with pretty much everything and how they've handled him up until the point of that Bears game. I thought you play him a quarter there. Boom, that gets you to two. I'd like to see a full half then tomorrow night, maybe even that first series out of the third quarter. Uh, but it does not sound like that's going to happen. Granted, you could probably make the argument the Eagles' twos are as good as the Colts' ones. Yes. Which <laughs> you, pro- you probably get It's back not to the, fair they get Jalen Carter. Gets but back to the varsity JV yeah. comment from earlier. All right, in a few, the pop quiz. Scotty J is in studio. We'll give away a fantasy football spot in our league. We've got six to go. Is that right, Mark? Or this will be our six, sixth six, spot? This will, yeah, we'll, have, we'll be halfway through. Okay, this will be number six. We'll do a draft here coming up in a couple weeks in the 9 o'clock hour on the show. Uh, so go ahead and give us a call for that, 317-239-1070, if you'd like to participate in the league slash the pop quiz. Before that, let's check it down on the morning check The morning check down. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, Major League Baseball, Andy's Yankees stink, and the Reds got to win. Yeah, the Reds got to win. Now, the Reds are, what, three and a half, I believe, behind the Brewers there in the Central. I think we're wild card. I I, I think think we're locked in the wild card. You're looking at wild card right now. The Reds a half game back. The Giants right in front of them. The Diamondbacks and Mark Chicago Cubs. So that's what baseball looks like going into this Wednesday. Cubs and Giants right now tied for the final two wild card spots. A doubleheader for the Reds today. The Indianapolis Indians, they lose to the Iowa Cubs 10-4. Swish <laughs> it again. I did it already. Do you I'll want do another swish? Yeah, All of them. The time. more the merrier there. Uh, Asia Wilson for the Las Vegas Aces. She scores 53 last night. Uh, one of just three 50-point performances in WNBA history there. I wonder if that will be up on the pop quiz. By the way, Otani's starting for the Angels tonight to go back. Is he? I, I don't know if people care about game. that. Uh, first game. 
Yeah, the Reds have not announced. Uh, Abbott's going to be their starter on the first game. Second game, the Reds have not announced. Maybe well, it'd be a bullpen day. They're facing Otani. That's not going to yeah. end well. Uh, and again, Colts Eagles tomorrow night, eight o'clock. Scotty, our coverage at five. Yes. Okay, five o'clock. So JMB a little earlier tomorrow night, but obviously he will have some of your coverage pregame wise, leading into the kick at eight. Amazon and locally RTV six. Um, so those are your viewing options with obviously our listening option here on the fan. All right, it is time for the pop quiz. Give us a call, 317-239-1070. Spot in the Fantasy Football League on the other side. Study. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Can you handle the pressure? Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, I'm feeling good about today's uh, today's pop quiz. How are you feeling? Oh, boy. <laughs> Famous last words as we welcome a caller on well, air. Well, I have the answers in front of me, so of course I feel good. I did know a couple of these, though. I knew well, a couple of these. And you've been in... I knew uh, the first one. Again, you're a man of integrity. You've held back on your hints here the first couple of days, which I know Mark is a big fan nice of. change of pace from our Yeah, certainly previous the previous co-host. one was not doing that. <laughs> uh, but again, a spot in our fantasy football league. This will be spot number six. I'm double-checking. It might be seven. I'm trying to... Because there's three of us, and I think, we, I think this is the seventh now. now that oh, I we've think done about two it. on air and one on YouTube? Yeah, because I forgot that we did two yesterday. So I believe this is... I'm, I'm checking now. Yeah, we, 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 had, a caller. Yeah, right. we had our seventh. We yeah. had a caller, and then we had... Uh, was it Dwayne? I apologize. I, I signed his mug. Uh, Derek. Derek. <laughs> Derek. I did. Yeah, yeah, knew yeah, it yeah, started yeah. with a D. And Derek. then we and then we had Carl with a K, I believe, from the YouTube chat. Nice. The breakfast bar, Good memory will. there. Yeah, Derek was at the Back Nine event with us. And then, yes, Carl from the YouTube chat. All right, Andy, at number one through eight. Uh, let's do, I mean, every day I got to pick. Let's do this. Let's do. Uh, oh, should I pick? Uh, no, it's okay. Let's do number five. Scotty, number four, you ask, I feel like every other month. <laughs> Q. Uh, who we got? Q? Oh, what's up, Q? What's going on, KB? Q cannot hey, think. Andy, you may be new to this, but I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh. Watch the slander. <laughs> listen, listen, Q, uh, you you guys haven't won a damn thing, but here's the thing. Well, no, 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 you, no, no, wait, you, wait, wait, wait. Time you, out, time out, Andy. Rude Q, much out. Q brought 12-pack of cold PBR in studio. Okay. So before you slander too uh, much, okay. I, I just want to point but, that but out. But he brought there, it okay. to you guys, and you already have the product. I, I he, didn't bring, he didn't bring it for me. Here's the thing, Q. You ruined my childhood. Do you understand? You ruined my childhood. Oh. Don't kick to Deion Sanders. What do they do? They kick to Deion Sanders. You ruined my childhood. So congratulations. Hey, take that up with the Giants organization. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got 2007, 2012. Hey, I got a, there, I got a couple. Yeah, I got a couple. Settle down. Got one here right yeah. over at Lucas Oil State. You damn right. You can't thank you enough for dropping off the PBR. How you been, man? Man, I can't complain, KB. Andy, you let me know what beer you drink, and I drop off a case for you. All right, sure thing. Yeah, we'll we'll do that. I'm an open book. Anything, just about anything. He is outstanding. (laughs) Q and dropping the cold ones off. All right, you said you wanted me to start. Yeah, why don't you start? I'll do two and four this time. All right. Now, did you say that because the first one's nine paragraphs? Yes. Okay. All right. Exactly uh, why. Q follow here. Uh, Bucks head coach Todd Bowles says Baker Mayfield will start Tampa Bay's opener at quarterback. If Mayfield starts in Week One, he will be the sixth quarterback in NFL history to start the season opener with 
three different teams in three consecutive seasons. Two of the previous five quarterbacks to accomplish that feat were Colts. Name one of the two. Uh, well, damn. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. No need to overthink that one. There you go. All right, question number two, Q. Let's go. The New York Yankees, sorry, Jimmy Cook and myself, the Yankees fell again last night to the Nationals, increasing their losing streak to nine games. Who was the manager the last time the Yanks dropped nine games in a row? Is it A, Joe Torre? B, Stump Merrill, G, Gene Michael, D, Clyde King. Let's go with C. All right, so you went with Gene Michael. Okay, let's move to number three. I'm a diehard Yankees fan, Daniel Esposito, on what is happening right now there in the Bronx. All right, number three here. We've got some Rick Smith's flavor for these next two. Happy 57th birthday to the Duncan Dutchman, former Pacer center, Rick Smith. Smith is taken with the second overall pick in the 88 NBA draft. Q, who went number one in that 88 draft? Was it Danny Manning, David Robinson, Brad Doherty or Purvis Ellison? Oh, man. Uh, let's go with Brad Doherty. Brad Doherty doing NASCAR at one point or am I, I imagining things? I, I was just Jealous. I was just going to say, isn't he doing NASCAR? It's the only tidbit that both of us had on Brad Doherty. Uh, Q, uh, you want to go with the Kansas guy there instead of the North Carolina guy? Manning, Robinson, yes. Doherty, or Ellison? Manning. Is it Manning? <laughs> What do you think, Q? Uh, Smith, all right, number four. Smith's attended Marist College. What is the nickname of Marist athletic teams? Is it A, the Wolves, B, the Red Foxes, C, the Flying Dutchman, B, or D, excuse me, the Blue Hens? Uh, let's go B. All right, so you're going with the Red Foxes. He's doing pretty good. Carson Wentz, the mascot there. All right, number five to round it out here, Q. Asia Wilson last night for the Aces tied the WNBA scoring record by scoring 53 points against the Atlanta Dream. Whose record did she tie? Maya Mora? Leah Cambridge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop the fight here, Okay, so in, in three days, Q, Q's the best one we've had in my short time on the show here. Yeah, it's I, not even close. To be fair, the bar wasn't very high, well, but, he, but he, he did set it high. Wow. Yes, he did. Um, I guess I gave him a little hint there on three. Q, well, first off, welcome to the Fantasy League. And... Um, Gosh, that was a great effort. Yeah, we don't usually have people good. that close the pop quiz well. <laughs> Q closed it well with convincing answers. Carson Wentz was right for number Loud one. Loud and proud. Obviously, Eagles, Colts, Commanders. <laughs> yeah, great, though. It's a great little trivia question, Scotty. It is kind of hard to follow, but once you follow it, it's good. Jim Harbaugh would be Colts, Ravens, Chargers. Um, yeah. The other three, Donovan McNabb, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner. I, sorry, I was just reading mm. off all the answers. I found what that one. What Brett Favre doing here? A good one. Uh, then he got three, four, and five, right? Andy? Yeah, he did. I mean, the only one he missed, the Yankees Let's manager, go! the last time they lost nine games was Clyde King back in uh, 1982. You were not supposed to get that one, no. thank you. I don't feel bad no. for you. No, no one's no, going to no, get no. that. Yeah. He went with Gene? Yeah, that's who he went with. Yeah, he went with Gene Michael. Danny Manny, number one pick in 88, the Red Foxes. Liz Cambridge. Boy, I, that was convinced. I mean, that was boom. I did barely even got the first answer out, and he was already... On that end. 53. 
Q, I can't wait to uh, be in a fantasy league with you. I think he's on the phone with Mark, but I'm sure he'll take all Dallas Cowboys, so we'll be good to go on that. Uh, Pollard, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb. So those guys already off the board next Thursday. Covers it all. Uh, you said you wanted to end with a little Jeff George stuff? Well, do you want to do this now or you want to take a break yeah. and come back? Let's take a break on the other side. Jeff George was on the uh, Aquarian Company show yesterday, and he has some thoughts on a comment from Jeff related to Anthony Richardson. We'll touch on that here to round out the show. Wake up call, KB and Andy here, 93.5107.5, The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, last segment to go, hanging out with you. It's the wake up call, KB, Andy. That's us. KB, what you got after the show today? How was your big uh, meeting yesterday? Didn't you have a big presentation uh, yeah, yeah, thing yeah. you went to? There, yeah, there, there. went over to a sports tech conference yeah. over at the NCAA. It was great. Yeah, right, a great. lot of uh, innovative companies uh, that yeah. were making pitches for the. Yeah, how was the NCAA? Sports is it, tech. Is it scary going that in that. Is it scary the going first in that building? Time I've ever been in the NCAA headquarters. Is it really? All I did was walk in the lobby and like turn left into a you know a ballroom. <laughs> you d- I, I did like it was cool. The lobby area had like all the logos of the NCAA schools. I was like, yeah. oh, that is kind of cool. You didn't catch on in fire there. going in there no, to the NCAA. I don't know if I've had scorching hot. Yeah. NCA takes. I know you want to I get have. to hey uh, <laughs> uh, some Jeff George audio in just a second. So let me sneak this in real yeah, quick. Sure. Some breaking IndyCar news here from Nathan Brown as the IndyCar season picks back up here this weekend with Gateway 2022 Indy 500 winner and arguably could have won in 2023. Marcus Erickson is leaving Chip Ganassi Racing. He is going to Andretti. Um, so after the final three races here in 23, again, Nathan Brown from the star have had this Marcus Erickson moving over to Andretti Autosports. So interesting there with some Alex Plow, Dominoes, and that saga continuing. And I'm sure that'll something that Jake and Jimmy will be talking about a little bit at noon. I'm sure they will. I cannot wait uh, to go through what you guys do in the month of May. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I've always seen uh, JMV. Well, I've always seen JMV, and he's throwing up the bird with a bunch of people, <laughs> and he's doing a trust fall off a stage, and he's drinking. I'm like, yeah, that that looks like something that might be right up my alley. We set the pace <laughs> at 7 a.m. and I and I I'm sure I, I try to do my best to set it last year. Although I think I got in a little trouble for some of the antics last year. We can take that off air. But uh, yes, the month of May, carb day, an absolute must. All right, so I got to get, let's get to this Jeff George sound. He was on with Jake yesterday. Go back to and find the podcast. That was at about 1230 or so. And, you know, he obviously talked about, we can, you know, we don't have to get into this, but, you know, he would let Minshew play for four or five weeks. And I, I don't agree with that because then you're like, when's Minshew going to stink it up or when's he going to get injured so we can see Richardson? But, he mentioned something just kind of in passing. Mark, did he not? You heard this live. He mentioned it in passing, and he brought up Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. And, and I just, KB, I don't know if you heard this. I want to get your organic reaction. Yeah, to, I, I, I did not hear this Okay, live. to this. Here's Jeff George yesterday with Jake. You just need to, you need to look back in your past and your history. And, and, you know, I loved Andrew Luck. I thought Andrew Luck was probably the greatest quarterback um, the Colts have ever had. And, you know, nothing against Peyton. Peyton's great, and everybody loves Peyton. But what what Andrew Luck did, if Andrew Luck was uh, had the talent that Peyton had, heck, if I, if I had the talent that was here, uh, you know, in the late 90s, 2000s, I think I'd be a Colt for the next 20 years. And 
All right, so what do you what do you think of that? Now move, you know, Jeff George and his career along. But I listen, Andrew Luck was fine, but I can't believe there's one person listening or watching, consuming what we're doing here in the morning that that would take Andrew Luck over Paid Manning. Help me here, right? Boy, That's a were, hot take. There were two hot takes that I feel like <laughs> came out of that whatever that was, 25 second clip there. Uh I believe, and I don't know, this isn't like gospel. Andrew Luck played how many years in the NFL? Seven? Seven. Yeah, I believe seven. Don't think he ever garnered one MVP vote. And I know this is now going to turn into like <laughs> disparaging Andrew Luck and acting like he was whatever, Curtis Painter. But uh, yeah, that, that I can't say I agree with that comment there. No. Well, does no. one person agree? Is there one person I, I, out there that's like, you know what? Jeff George got that right. Yeah, I don't God know. God bless Jeff George. Uh, Oliver Luck, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, Shannon, or, you know, out there trying to think about what Andrew's uh, wife's name is. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know about that one. And then, and it was six the years second, in the league. For the Luck. second comment there was, if I had Manning's, I. I if I had Manning's support, that I would have been playing for the Colts for twenty years. I don't know. But what what Andrew Luck did. If Andrew Luck was uh, had the talent that Peyton had. Heck, if I if I had the talent that was here, uh, you know, in the late nineties, two thousands, I think I'd be a Colt for the next twenty years. And yeah, I mean, to be fair to that one, Peyton did have a ton of talent. I mean, like obviously there was gobs and gobs of high high level Hall of Fame players around him. But I would say after hearing that, yeah, the Luck more talent than Manning. I, I yeah I, I can't say I follow that one. I'm trying to think what would that be in other markets? Like if we went to other markets, if you took Luck over Manning, like where would that be in Cleveland? I guess I'm trying to think. Would that be like um, such and such is better than Bernie Kosar? Zach Levine is more talented than MJ than, than Michael Jordan. Yeah, I would know, it be something like, like follow that? that. I, I yeah I don't. I mean, Luck, great talent, but again, in the individual seasons we watched Andrew Luck, really good player. You know, top whatever, 5'7 quarterback, but even in the individual seasons he was here, it's not like he played at an MVP level in those years. Um, So yeah, I I don't think that's something I could totally get on board with. How many of the teams can you guys name that Jeff George played for? Who boy, I was so young when his career was happening. Um, Colts, Raiders, Vikings. Yep. How many am I missing? Uh, you have Atlanta that's jammed in there between the Colts and the Raiders. Uh, then you mentioned the Raiders, Vikings, Washington, Seattle, Chicago, then back with the Raiders. Wow, that many. Absolutely. By the way, Scotty writes on the board, Tim Couch over Kozar. By the way, Tim Couch. Speaking of Tim Couch. See that? Uh, he still lives in Kentucky. Tim Couch. I think he I think he married a playmate, too, by the way. Uh, I, I believe so. It's a swimsuit model. Some, something like that. Tim Couch. Tim Couch is jacked right now. I know it's an odd thing to ask you guys. When's the last time you've seen Tim Couch? He <laughs> is absolutely swole. I, I, yeah, I, I can't Dude, say Dude, the guys, I, he's got biceps on top of biceps. Wow. So that's like, uh, is that Adam Vinatieri? Have you seen Adam oh, Vinatieri lately? It's, it's a little bit like Adam Vinatieri. It's 100% like that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Does Vinatieri live around here? Yeah, Zionsville area, right? Okay, there you go. And Scotty, does kid go to Ball State to kick? Remember his kid like decommitted kind of late in the process and... Um, I thought he was kicking a ball state, but yeah, he was helping out the um, Zionsville football program. I think T.Y. Hilton, I thought I heard that he was maybe helping out a little bit with um, Zionsville football program. His son is a junior on the Zionsville team. I think they beat Pike 
in week he one. He committed there, to so UMass. Yeah, I thought that's he what it was. And then, and then he, de- and then he decommitted. State. Yeah, then he decommitted. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, Tim Couch, that is a name. That is a name. <laughs> that's, I feel bad. That's the nicest like, thing you could say. I, that's a name. I, again, like, there's no way to make like the Luck Manning take that I just did, and like you're totally ripping then Luck. Oh no! That, you're you know? denigrating somebody. Yeah. Along the way, yeah. But it's just like you know, one guy's a statue outside of the building for a reason, and the other guy, you still debate whether he should be in the Ring of Honor. Do you want to play reason. while we have a second here, Mark? Do you want to play the other Jeff George about start about not starting Anthony Richardson since we have a couple moments? I gotta uh, that up. Uh, okay. Well, he was very, he was adamant that you let him sit, and this is something. Listen, this is more of a last week. You guys had this conversation, maybe even the week before. Uh, the, the main reason I would be against not starting Anthony Richardson to go back in time would be we play the we play the nasty game of uh, you not wanting to see Minshew anymore, which means you want. Minshew either to play bad or you want him to be injured. You don't want him to be injured, but you want him to be knocked out of the game. You know what I'm saying? And that becomes a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, and I also think there's an element of danger, too, of like, what if you get all, and and this should maybe is a foolish comment to even say, like, what if you get off to a decent start? Well, yeah, you're, you know, you're three and one. All yeah. of a sudden, you like win a few games, like, win some it. AFC South we games. Won. It's like, wait, are you turning to Minshew? Are you keeping Minshew in the game longer? Because the worst case scenario would be, yeah, you start Minshew for whatever half the season, then a tailspin starts to occur, then you only play Richardson for the final, you know, four or five games, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, he has a whatever a really poor end of the year, and you've got a top three pick, and you're like, wait, should we draft Caleb Williams, draft Drake May, those sorts of conversations. Uh, I'm a lover of Caleb Williams. Well, I think Drake May is fine. Now, not here. I'm just saying in general, I think a lot of Caleb Williams. Yeah, I watched Caleb Williams against Notre Dame last year and still have nightmares about I'm him sure escaping. I'm sure you did. I did, sl- I did slander you uh, when you left the room. I was like, does KB really think they're going 11-1, that Notre Dame I, I don't team? know if I'm ready to say 11-1, but I, I think there would be some friends or family members that would back this up. Usually I'm not like this Notre Dame homer that, oh my gosh, they are locked to win 11 games every single year. Right. But I do feel like, given their quarterback, and as you said, at Wake Forest, Sam Hartman was a pretty gimmicky offense. That's not going to be the same thing at Notre Dame. You could argue Wake Forest had better wideouts. The fact that they get Ohio State and USC at home, I mean, they they hung in there with Ohio State deep into that game last year in Columbus, and that was with C.J. Stroud. Obviously, that's not going to be the case this year. So that's where I have optimism. Now, when they lose to Navy on Saturday afternoon, <laughs> let me rethink that comment. Uh, coming up tomorrow, who do we have? Is it Josh? Is it Josh Larkey? Who Larkey? Ha- yeah, he works for fantasy the football third team. He's a fantasy football expert, and I know. Uh, well, we know that. Andy's going to be taking like Moali Cox in the third round, but we need some more draft. No, Jelani. Draft. That's my oh, Jelani guy. Woods, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. My Jelani guy. Woods is going in the third round. So we need some draft updates there. A lot of fantasy drafts getting started with the final week of the preseason getting going. So we'll have him. I love we'll it. also talk to Matt Taylor ahead of the Thursday night game against the Eagles. Yeah, tomorrow's game day. Kind of crazy to think about it. <laughs> game day gripping. Yeah, it's preseason game day. Preseason. Though. Hey, the starters and are playing. The starters are playing, at least for the Colts, because it's a road game. Hey, it's a road game. Put the starters in. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, so Matt Taylor will join us also tomorrow. You feeling good? I'm feeling comfortable. I'm good. We got it going, KB. We Look did. at us. Everybody Look at have us. a great hump day. Stay cool as you can. And thank you for tuning in to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy here on a Wednesday.